Thank you to our sponsor, Amazing Spiral Games, in the Rotunda Mall in Hamden, Maryland. Selling singles online as I Want My MTG on Bidwicket. And you can find our online store at IWantMyMTG.com. You can also find us every week on IWantMyMTG.com, O2Drop.com, Top8Magic.com, TheStarkingdomPost.com, and MTGCast.com. Hello and welcome to Monday Night Magic episode. No, 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 that's not us. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 21 of uh, Yo TV Tap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Our show is now old enough to drink. It's great. Uh, today, th- or this is Joey Pasco. I'm here, as always, with Garth, uh, <laughs> with Big Head Joe, and our, uh, our returning special guest, Dave Heilker. You know I can pronounce it right when I'm not recording. From O2Drop.com, we have Dave with us. So today we're just going to talk about like all the awesome... Tournament results, you know, there was the Star City Games Atlanta 5K, there was a TCG Player 5K, there was the, of course, the New Standard Open. Mm-hmm. How, how many people showed up for that? Uh, 42, I think, maybe 43. 43, 43 yeah. 43, okay. So, decent turnout. so we have, we have uh, at least two, two of the three of us played in that. Um, we all have the same number of wins, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and, uh... And uh, was was there any? Oh, there was a number of PTQs, but I mean, we don't and have. There was also the uh, the uh, Grand Prix trial yesterday. It seems like so much that happened this yeah. weekend. All yeah. of a sudden, like rise of the Eldrazi, you know, mm-hmm. you know, first uh, tournament appearances. So, um, I guess you you guys want to start off with the new standard open. Yeah, Fine, yeah, sounds good. So, I'll let you guys take the. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, the new standard open, just for people who don't know, was the. Uh, it was like a thousand dollar tournament we did for for my site o2drop.com. Uh, we ended up with like forty two people, um, and uh, I, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was I think it was a pretty big success. I think a lot of people enjoyed it. Um, I mean, what did you think, Joe? I, I thought it was really fun. I uh, mean, despite my record, yeah. uh, I actually did have a really good time. Um, put on a good event. You know, it was a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah. So um, I guess we we want to talk about. Um, the, the top eight from that. Um, I, I, I guess kind of give a, a field breakdown. Um, there were there were maybe five Jun decks there. I think someone said. I think I heard someone say like nine, nine. to eleven. Okay, like so that. okay, so I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just you know ballparking it, but but of those of those somewhere between five and eleven, uh, three of them made top eight. Um, then two mythic decks uh, out of maybe like four or five made uh, made top eight. Uh, there was a Bant Polymorph deck uh, list, which was actually uh, that's uh, Jeff or, or Captain Crunch's list from from our site, um, and that was piloted by Eric, who's Eric Wild speaker on our site. Um, and then there was uh, Time Civ, which was piloted by uh, John Ugald from our site, and he's the guy. He's the other guy on our Twitter. He's John. Oh right, right, okay. For, for us, and then uh, and then a blue white tap out player, and I'm not entirely. You know who was playing Paul. Blue-white? Paul Lynch? Okay. I'm pretty sure it was Paul. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense, actually. Okay, cool. And he's also a writer for the site. So, um, you know, it worked out. We, we were able to uh, kind of rig the whole thing and get most of our writers into, into the top eight, which is nice. <laughs> were, were, uh, were those mythic lists just the classic mythic? Or they were. They the were not that, that awful conscription nonsense. Yeah. Apparently awful, but apparently can win somewhat. It, well, I mean, absolutely can win, but uh, apparently I think only against decks that don't play uh, white or any sort of removal, because, man... I just feel like 
Who? What? One of the uh, one of the winners this weekend was was that wasn't construction it? method. Well, yeah. the, the, that I, I think that won a qualifier in Germany, didn't it? Okay, yeah, okay. I think, yeah. Like I, I think, think it was like a regionals or nationals qualifier, right. whatever it's called now. Um, which. Uh, I mean, have you guys have you guys talked about that at all? That we're doing nationals qualifiers instead of regionals this year? No, not at all. Okay, um, we can talk about it right now. What? Because I want to know when nationals qualifiers right, so it's, are. It's May fifteenth, all across America. Um, okay, and so pros and cons because I think LSV on Channel Fireball on whatever his magic production thing is there that he has that TV show that he has uh, talked about it for briefly and was just like really negative on it. Um, and this is all, I'm getting all the second hand, so, you know, I'm, I, I, it's not my intention to slander LSV, but uh, it was just like, you know, it, there's a lot less invitations, and people are going to have to go a lot further to get to these tournaments, etc., etc., etc. Apparently what it is, it's it's kind of divided up like uh, population-based. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in Maryland, we went from having sometimes eight, usually four uh, invitations, mm-hmm. uh, to having two invitations. Um but it used to be for the region, so it was like Virginia, Delaware, and Maryland were all splitting a regionals, and okay. we would have four to eight. Um, now, it's every state has one. Okay, so the only people who kind of get hosed are, are like, Washington, D.C. Right. Um, I mean, I guess you could say we get hosed because Washington, D.C., and us are, we're, they're, we're they're Rockville, gonna, yeah, and exactly. there's, only two, there's only two invites for us. Right, so they're going to show up. All the D.C. players are going to show up mm-hmm. to the Maryland one. Okay. Yep. Yeah, um, it is... Uh, but it turns out, as it turns out, and I forget who broke it down. I want to say it was someone on Man and Nation, but don't quote me on that either. I think it's something like fifty to seventy-five additional invites uh, uh, across the across the country, and the only places that have less invites are uh, like, it's like Maryland and like maybe five other states. Hmm. Um, now. Maryland gets the shaft again by Wizards. Yeah. Who would think? <laughs> hey, they we're not the only ones, though, if you want yeah. to look at it that way. No, it's true. That, yeah. That's why LSV's well, point of view, I think, was... His point of view, I think, was that in California, I think they used to have, like, two or three uh, regionals, because California is an effing huge state. Right. Um, and and even if even if not, even if they only had, you know, let's say two regionals with four spots each, um, California is still proportionally, even with, even with the full eight, uh, you know, when you break it down, they're they're almost getting less. You know, even if even if they had eight before, they're almost getting mm-hmm. less just because people have to drive. Uh, it, essentially, a lot of people are going to have to fly in to yeah. whatever it is because I mean, California is that big. You know, it's, it's prohibitive it's, to travel yeah, from exactly. one end to even the middle. Um, but uh, as the guy on Manonation was saying, um, it, was, it, was, it's actually, it was Chris McNutt, and it was on the Starkington Post. Okay, that's what it was, the Starkington Post. Um, and, and as he said, like it's it's. You know, for some people, it's inconvenient that the the regionals down the street was you know right in their backyard, um, and now they're going to have to drive two hours. But for some people, it's nice to be able to drive two hours and get to a regionals. You know, yeah. so um, I kind of like it. Everywhere else in the world does it that way. So I mean, I guess it's uh, you know time to kind of you know start doing things the way that everyone else does. But you know, it, it, I don't think I don't think it's any huge negative other right. than other than you know things like like I'm going to go to Pennsylvania. Life. How many kilometers is it to our? Um, <laughs> Did you say kilometers? How many kilometers is it to our regional? Uh, it's, ex- it's exactly um, forty-seven kilometers uh, to our regionals, and uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to get um, some petro. Uh, and he's going to, you know, go on down there on the uh, left side of the road. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> that was good advice. Um, so yeah, I, like this is a really, really big month for Magic. Um, I mean, just. Just the tournaments that happened this weekend, and that's—I mean, this is just the first weekend of May, and like the first big, you know, weekend for for a rise. Um, and then, I mean, you've got you've got uh, there's more Grand Prix trials coming up this month. There's um, 
there's the Philly the Philly 5K, um, which is uh, or not the Philly 5K, but the Philly Open Six. It's okay. Nick Costa's event, um, and he's I'm not sure if you guys know him. You, you mm-hmm. if you've been to an event in Philadelphia, you've probably seen him. Okay. Um, I don't he, think we've ever been to an event in Philadelphia. Maybe we've seen him. I mean, he's 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 like a perennial dealer, kind of like regional events, but. Um, Good guy, uh, and always runs just like world class events, uh, and and always has really sick payouts and stuff like that. Um, so he's got like a standard and a vintage event on Saturday, and then a legacy event and a Grand Prix trial. No, I think it's a WPN qualifier on Sunday. Hmm. Um, that's up at the convention center in Philadelphia. So I'm excited about that. Um, Is that next weekend? That's this weekend coming out. <clears throat> this weekend, yeah. Um, and then we've got um, I'm trying to think of what else is going on. Then we've got. Uh, the like I said, the various Grand Prix trials. We have some WPN tournaments, and then we've got, of course, the Grand Prix itself, and then uh, you know Pro Tour San Juan plus you know all the various smatterings of standard tournaments. So it's a, it's really cool. I think um, you know just talking to people at at like games and stuff, and at our tournament on on Saturday and Sunday, um, people were saying you know uh, I, I haven't done real well today, but I'm I'm enjoying standard again. So that's that's cool. Like I yeah. mean, you know, people were losing to John, and they were like, well, you know. At least, at least I'm having fun, you know. So it's, it's good because I think it was getting really stale as a format. Yeah, as I was gonna say, it's like it's really, it's really fresh at yeah. the moment. Like we've got a lot of not only new cards but new decks, mm-hmm. and I think that's a big deal. Like being mm-hmm. able to have other options. I mean, the 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 standard, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the typical players all showed up. You know, there's John the Mythic, mm-hmm. and and Blue White Control, but we've also got some new takes on some of those decks. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, looking at the list from. Uh, from the 5K, mm-hmm. um, not the, what was it, the, the Star City, City Games 5K. 5K, like, it was almost like eight different decks or something like that. Yeah. It was something like six or seven yeah. different decks, which yeah, well, is just really... I can, I'll just run it down right now just while we're talking about it. We had the, uh, the blue-white-red Planeswalker Control, which was uh, Lewis Laskin won mm-hmm. with that list, which to me, you know, and I said this to Joe earlier, I'm like, wow, it's like blue-white control... Splashing for Ajani, which mm-hmm. is something that I was always like, man, I love blue white control. Mm-hmm. I wish I could play Ajani, but it's mm-hmm. dumb to splash for Ajani, like yeah. just that. But I guess apparently not. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that's basically you know that's the deck that won. And uh, then second place was John. Third place was another blue white red planeswalker control uh, piloted by Ben Stark, who apparently uh, apparently those two guys worked on that deck together. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they had a couple differences in the sideboard, but that was it. Um, we had Sovereign Mythic in fourth place, mm-hmm. uh, Blue Green Polymorph in fifth place, Blue White Tap Out Control in sixth place, uh, another Sovereign Mythic in seventh place, and Devastating Red, which was uh, was Chapin's list. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was exact seventy five, yeah. but it was very similar um, in eighth place. So I mean, you know, we, we've got basically six different decks there. Yeah, I mean that that's. Uh, Fantastic. And the only deck that showed up in multiples was a new deck, so that's just yeah, completely one hundred percent exciting. Two sovereign mythic decks, yeah, and two oh okay, okay. two blue red red. I, I guess I, I think it bears note that the the sovereign mythic deck, which I was you know kind of ragging on a little bit uh, earlier, is it's the Bant mythic list, but it runs uh, sovereigns of Lost Alara as well as Eldrazi conscription, and I think they take up like seven to eight slots in the in the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, actually, the, the conscription can't be. They can't be. Yeah, I think they those. probably run two. Well, we can look at five right or now. six spots in the deck because I think they probably want run one or two. But um, yeah, it looks, it's got two sovereigns and um, uh, one conscription okay. in this particular deck. And those kind of replace. I think they replace like the Thornling and maybe the Rafik or the right. Thornling and the Finest Hour in the uh, in the other you know the the classic uh, mythic builds. Um, so if you're looking to save four dollars on um, you know that thousand dollar deck, if, if it's the four dollars you know that you have to spend on your Rafik <laughs> and your and your Finest Hour that's keeping you from playing it, you can always yeah hop on that uh, the sovereign bandwagon there. 
it looks like, I mean, and, and I'm looking at the seventh place list because mm-hmm. that just happens to be one I clicked on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, it's got three Bane Slayers. The, mm-hmm. regu- the original runs four, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, for, yeah, it's got a Dauntless Escort in the main. Okay. Um, it's got uh, the two Sovereigns and one Thornling in the main, and then the uh, two Rafik, which I think the original ran three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, no finest hour. Uh, it's got two finest hour okay. so and an, an Eel Umbra and two Vines of the Vastwood, which all you know to me are new. The wow. Umbra I get the Vines. I mean, I get it because like, Vines of Vastwood is one of my favorite green cards. I get it but, because yeah. they're going to go uh, Sovereigns swing. Fetch up the thing, and I'm going to go path. Right. Yeah. So oh, then they're going to have to go yeah, vines. vines to stop that. That was the other yeah. thing I thought was interesting playing against the Bant list, uh, the Polymorph list on mm-hmm. Sunday was that they ran vines of Bastwood. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't well, quite look at well, that list. Um, Jeff, yeah. Jeff uh, actually, because Jeff consulted with me on on some of some of the choices, we were we kind of brainstormed either dispel or uh, or vines of Bastwood, and vines of Bastwood almost usually, uniformly ends up being better. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing. Uh, one thing we were talking about, though, in decks that, like in decks that can run it, Vines of Vastwood is good because Vines of Vastwood is really good against Polymorph because it gives the creature troll shout trout to the caster. Oh yeah. So if you Vines their creature when they try to Polymorph it, then they you know the the Polymorph fizzles and you don't you obviously don't have to kick it. You can then right. terror the creature if you right. want, and they can't you know uh, terror it themselves if they really want to. But, yeah, that's that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. I, I love that card, but it's yeah. one of those ones that I've barely ever played with because mm-hmm. I just don't play a lot of green. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, so so we talked a little bit about the top eight for the new standard open. Mm-hmm. What did you guys play? I mean, I know obviously we've you know hinted or I, I sort of hinted at the results there, but I, um, you know I still want to hear about the experience. Sure. Uh, uh, what, what were you playing, Joe? You okay, so I was playing. Um, a deck that was uh, green-white with a splash of blue, um, and I was um, calling it Operation Ivy, which was n- named by Joe. Um, so I was like, what should I call this deck? He's like, Operation Ivy. I was like, all why, right. What, were we, what was the reason? I can't remember why. Why? Just because of Vengevine. Oh, Unity. That's what it was. Oh, Unity. That's right. right. you had Unified, unified Will in the deck. Unified Will. That's right. Gotcha. Um, and uh, you said you were going to call the deck something what Morning. Queen Latifah. That's right. And I said because because of unified will, so it was unity. Yeah. Um, and he was like, "How about call it Operation Ivy?" And I was like, "Done." I thought you were saying yeah. Operation. I, I actually missed the reference. Oh right, um, I, I, I was it, thinking it, Operation Ivy because of Vengevine. Uh, oh, big, big head Joe had it had it in his head that it, uh, that the Joey just had that locked and loaded. He was like, he was like, what should I call it?" He was like, "Operation Ivy." He was like, "Done, <laughs> done, and done." I've yeah. just been waiting to, to yeah. tell somebody to name their deck Operation okay. Ivy. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, but it should have been called Rancid, it turns out. Um, uh, yeah, so um, I, I was running a lot of three and two ofs, which was the main flaw with the deck. It was, uh, there was like um, the co- four Lotus Cobras and four Hierarchs. Um, for like mana acceleration, for Bane Slayers, it was kind of mythic esque, but I was yeah, trying was some very, new things. Yeah. Um, the one card that I really liked in the deck uh, was Avon Mimeomancer. Oddly enough, um, I was only running two of them though, which again presents the problem of the deck. Um, it seems like Vengevine was a little underperforming in the deck uh, because there really weren't many ways to get him back. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, still have four three haste. I mean, you can't four really three haste. There's nothing wrong with it. I actually still think I would run it in the sideboard of this deck if I tried to run this deck again um, against things like 
um, Malcolm Bloodwitch and things like that. Just like people run like 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 a vampire or whatever. Mono White would mm-hmm. run like Dread Statuary mm-hmm. to have something to attack into Bloodwitch with. Mm-hmm. That's what I would think I would do. Um, but anyway, um, Ava Mimimancer seemed to be the coolest card in the deck because yeah. like the one game that I I, I think I went. 2-1 against Jund both times I played it. I can't remember exactly. What do you... Uh, I mean, I went 1-2, but I, I won like, a game. I got a game, but one of the games I got against Jund was on the back of Avon Mimeomancer. I played Avon Mimeomancer. The next turn, I made my Hierarch a 3-1 and attacked for 6. And then the next turn, I made my Cobra a 3-1 and attacked for 9. And that was game. Like, they didn't have anything in the air to stop it. So, mm-hmm. like... I really liked the way that card interacted with the mana accelerators. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, that's a good... Because it, it turns everything into a threat. Right. Um, <clears throat> and because you're trying to like do like a team swing, you don't really want uh, like Rafik or Finest Hour. Although I'm almost thinking like they would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're good because they're good. But I... I I don't know. Like, I, I basically, I went 0-4. Um, right. so, though, and I think you played one copy of uh, of Renegade Doppelganger. One copy of Renegade Doppelganger. With, did you get to play with it at all? Um, I did, um, but I never actually got to like drop a Bane Slayer on it or mm-hmm. Avenge Vine. Um, just ne- never wound up coming up. I think the one turn I actually uh, dropped a four four Knight of the Reliquary mm-hmm. and then attacked in for four with the Doppelganger. Oh no, I used the Doppelganger. Okay. I I, I used the Doppelganger's ability. Search. Um, to like make my two guys stronger. Right, right. Um, it, it was it was interesting. I definitely like. Actually, that was the other thing I wanted to do is probably include another copy of Renegade Doppelganger in the deck. Um, if uh, if I wind up uh, playing this deck again, but yeah, re- um, yeah I actually read uh, you know Ari uh, Renegade Doppelganger. I read your post about yeah. it, and and hadn't really thought about a lot of the points you made. And uh, so then Joe and I were were involved in a draft uh, after after the the main event. And uh, it's a rise, rise, rise draft, which I was uh, up until up until Sunday batting a thousand or Saturday batting a thousand, and hadn't lost uh, hadn't lost a draft. And then uh, then I drafted a Renegade doppelganger, and, uh, <laughs> and it was all downhill from there. Because, <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, it's all right. I actually, but I, I do actually, uh, I do think the card is a lot better. Not a lot better, but it's, it's certainly better, and 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 uh, than I originally gave it credit for. And it's very very. Uh, Flirts with being playable, I think. Yeah, I think it's definitely something to, to give consideration to for sure. And I don't know, like what my point was was that it, it's. I looked at it and went, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. jank. And mm-hmm. I just think it's better than I thought. That doesn't necessarily mean it's incredible, but I think uh, Scotty Mack said in last episode that he played it in his sealed and it was terrible. Yeah. So in, I feel like in 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 uh, in limited, it's kind of it's a little useless. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I was playing. Blue, mm-hmm. uh, pretty solid in that draft. For the record, and I didn't tell you this, Joe. I went three zero in that draft, oh, yeah. and I opened a Venge Vine in my prize pack. Oh, awesome. So uh, and you owe me that one, anyway. and I have I have your Venge Vine to give you back. Uh, but now I have my playset, so uh, cool. it was it was pretty nice. And uh, yeah, I feel like I've really I really have a good grasp on the uh, draft format now. At least like what my strategy is. Like I don't know about other strategies, but like I know what I want to do when I go into. What do you, the draft. What do you do when you draft rise? Because I, I have a very specific uh, concept of how to do it. Um, pack one. Mm-hmm. I try to get as many blue cards as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, card draw. Uh, Seagate oracles. I draft the hell out of those. Sea uh, beyonds. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> narcolepsies. Mm-hmm. Um, just I think those three, and then just like any random flyers I can get a hold of, mm-hmm. um, 
I'll pick up any glory seekers I see on the way, mm-hmm. like late picks. If, if, I, if there's a glory seeker left in the pack, I'm taking it every now time. Is that, is that fallout from your interview with Grizzly Bears? And you're just is that? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, you know I need to give him some respect. I um, no, but um, so and then like pack two, I'll, I'll play around with splashing a color. Like I'll pick up like like in the first pack, I picked up a prophetic prism or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Um, and I'll pick up like some color fixing here and there to see if I want to like in case I decide to splash a color in the next pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the next pack came around, I, I was taking white, mm-hmm. um, taking um, like ousts whenever I saw them, um, taking um, any little dudes, McKinney Griffins. Mm-hmm. I, I basically I'm ba- it's basically like a blue white skies, but then sure. like um, <clears throat> I also take all the little chumpy guys and then take umbras to hook them up with. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, in my deck, I had two eel umbras, one hyena umbra, and one drake umbra. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like. A uh, a glory seeker is a two two dude, but you got to deal with him yeah. because he's going to come in for two every turn. And then I'm going narcolepsy on whatever creature you lay down, and just going to keep coming in with the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I drop a Drake Umbra on him, plus Hyena Umbra, mm-hmm. he's a six six flying first strike guy that can't be killed except for three times. <laughs> and like it's 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 kind of it's kind of good. But I've just been going blue white or blue white green or blue mm-hmm. green but blue first is mm-hmm. like I feel like blue is easily the strongest color mm-hmm. in the um, in the set and it's so deep like, like I mean, it is because, yeah. and I'm not sure if that's just because one or two people will always be like oh I'm gonna draft black but I, I feel like like it's it's I, there's always like I got a, a fifth or a 14th pick um, uh, Seagate Oracle uh, in our draft <sighs> which is just ridiculous yeah. um, like I mean I, I think I, you know I like going blue first but what, I think what I found um, drafting rise is just like you pick you you know first three picks kind of formulate something in your head and then force it for the rest of the draft and just you know hope for the best because it's like there's not as much rhyme and reason to it I think as there was in in uh, in World Awakens Zendikar uh, where the strategy is just draft black or you know yeah or, or black, draft like you know mono red because you can do it because no one's picking red for some reason but um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I like I like the I like the sealed format though a lot. Like Aaron sort of Forsyth asked a question about it like a couple of days ago, and it's a uh, it's a really good it's a really good uh, draft format. I think. I mean, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I just like going against all the hints that we've been given. Like, here's venerated teacher, you can have it. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want him. <laughs> like, here's uh, <laughs> oh, if you have your playing, here's a bunch of level. I had a couple levelers. Yeah. Um, I actually had two of the champion drakes in my deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wound up getting to a 4 4 once, but otherwise it was just a 1 1 flyer, and then like, you Which know. Which is fine. It is. You slap an Umbro on it, and suddenly it's a 2 2 flyer, and, you know, and they've got to deal with it or they can't. And I think uh, the guys, I don't know if you listen to uh, Drago Radio, it's another podcast, um, they, they were talking about how. In this format, it seems like the Umbras are almost better than removal. Like, you want to almost take those because the removal's kind of. Uh, Kind of questionable on being able to, you know, put umbers on your guys. Mm-hmm. Blanks, just their, blanks their blanks their removal, whatever removal they, they took. Except Alst, yeah. except for yeah. Alst. Yeah, if you're exactly. drafting Alst, yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, but I mean, it was it was a good good point. How, the, is, how yeah. good the umbras actually? I think they are. really are. And really the good. eel umbra is 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 absolutely awesome. Yeah, like yeah. it seems like such a like one of the weaker ones, but mm-hmm. that's the O four one. Um, yeah. The um, 
I mean, they're all good. Yeah, I know someone said, uh, you know, that, that they really need to print a good a good counterspell, and that I think is the good counterspell. Like that card is, is such. <laughs> it's a another good card. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's another vines and vats. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's it's funny. The the umbras. I think, I, and I mean, I could be dead wrong on this, but I feel like Wizards is kind of taking a direction where they're like, all right. Even the worst of worst players know that that you know enchant creature or auras are, aren't great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's try to incentivize people to playing auras. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's that's something they needed to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it really just because people just shrug those off. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of the um, the umbras and, and auras in general, the uh, people have been talking a little bit about core what is it core spirit dancers yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. decks and things like that. So and that's kind of. I don't know that it's that it'll work, but I mean, there's mm-hmm. some sort of enchantress. You were talking I was, about, I was, yeah. I was uh, like the deck that I was running, and, and uh, at the uh, the behest of the uh, the deck designer, I can't go into too much detail on it um, because he wants to apparently o four with it at the Grand Prix. But um, <laughs> the uh, no, the, the the deck is there was some, I had some mana issues um, on Saturday, and I feel like I shored them up on Sunday. Um, but the, it's it's it does run uh, core spirit dancers four of um, or. Uh, is it Spirit Dancer? Yeah, it's Spirit Dancer. Yeah. Um, and I really, really, really like that card. Like, I think it's an awesome card. Um, yeah. I, I wish there were some more, uh, some more high quality auras in mm-hmm. standard. Like, I wish we had like Alexi's cloak or something, which would be you know pretty epic. But I don't even remember. What it's is... like a one, one in a blue uh, uh, aura enchant creature, and uh, it has flash, and ench- the enchanted creature has shroud. Oh, okay. So yeah, that sounds pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's almost like you look at Core Spirit Dancer, which uh, mm-hmm. I guess for those of you who don't know, it's an O2 for uh, for a white and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets plus two, plus two for each aura attached to it, and whenever you cast an aura spell, you may draw a card. Mm-hmm. So it's got the, uh, you know, it, it kind of recalls the uh, Argothian Enchantress mm-hmm. a bit. I mean, and, and a lot of, like, this, what is it? Um, Mason Enchantress. Uh what is it? The 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 white Mesa. Uh, there's Mesa Enchantress yeah. right now, but then there's the it, what's the green one? It was for Durin Enchantress. The Durin, that's the word. I well, this is, like, no, this is actually no. There's 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 another one too that I can't think of. There there's Verdorin and Mesa are the same. They're just ones the ones plane shifted. But there was another green one that got plus two plus two for each in for each enchantment on the battlefield. So this Argothian is kind of no Argothian is Argothian yeah. was the shroud draw card. Right. Um, and that was, and uh, this one, one is this one is essentially it's like a it's like only auras, but it's it, it's Drills the 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 Mace Enchantress and whatever that other Yavimai Enchantress. Okay, um, oh that's right, Yavimai yeah. Enchantress. But I thought that was just plus one plus one for it each aura. Might, yeah. It might be, but um, but but that's all enchantment, so it's not just right that. for each enchantment, right? Yeah. And it was okay, a two yeah, two for yeah, green so. and two. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I had you know ten years ago when they were legal mm-hmm. and standard. Yeah. That's what I was playing with. Yeah. I still yeah. have that deck together yeah. with like you know the yeah, Argothian Enchantresses in there. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You got it. You can start legacy right there. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was thinking that. <laughs> there's my legacy deck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the, I think. I mean, there's a lot of reasonably decent auras. Mm-hmm. Just thinking of like spreading seas. There's an aura. Mm-hmm. I mean, you draw a card. You draw two cards off it if you got mm-hmm. her in play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, it's uh, it's better than I thought because I, you know, it's another card where I looked at it and went, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, apparently you. I, I, so. Yeah, I mean I, the, the deck that I'm that I'm running, I I, I like that card a lot. Um, I think we need to figure out what to do with the R&R lids in it um, because they're kind of uh, I'm misdirecting people now. There's no R&R lids in that deck, but anyway, <laughs> um, it's 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 I, I do like it, and I probably um, you know after some testing, I probably will sleeve it up for Grand Prix. Um, yeah, because uh, yesterday, I mean, my results weren't stellar yesterday. I went two, two, and two, but my my draws yesterday 
were one was one was with with the win on the table, and uh, you know I had the board position and stuff. But the guy just I don't know. I and I don't know was if you guys a slow play. Yeah, comment. I mean, okay, like, so this is the Grand Prix trial. Uh, so yeah, in Glenburnie. Yeah, so okay. I mean, I I don't know. Like, if you guys ever had this issue, because I have this issue at Towson sometimes too uh, at Legends, but. I find myself like, and especially now that I've got a site and I'm kind of trying to like promote that to people and stuff like that. But I find myself like, like of all the things that I can do as a player, I feel like saying, "Can you speed it up a little?" Uh, you know, it, it, like like that. I've I've asked people to speed it up a little, but I, I've never been able to be like judge unless the guy was just like, like just grossly slow. But I mean, in in, in situations where I, I'm certain that he would get at least a warning for for slow play, like. I, I've never called a judge, and I feel like I don't know why. I, I that's like a like a taboo to me for some reason. Like it's just some sort of subconscious thing I can't get over. I know I'm, we I'm have... the same way, actually. I mean, like I I always am like as someone who runs tournaments, mm-hmm. like and especially like playing in the tournaments that I run, mm-hmm. I I feel like I don't want to be like I, I feel like you can't you don't want to call yourself. Either. I can't. Oh, I can't like say. Call your opponent, yeah. Yeah, here's a warning for slow play because you're my opponent. Like, they're going to go, you're just doing that yeah. to, like, because you're playing against me. Yeah. But outside of those situations? Uh, outside of the situations, still, like, I, I, yeah, I don't really, I never call a judge on slow play, even if I feel like it's slow. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't ever notice slow play, but maybe that's because I spend all the time they're taking thinking yeah. about what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just like they're going to sit there, I'm going to sit here and use this time too, and and that maybe that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But I know um, I I just recently when we were playing two headed giant, what was really irritating. We at the pre release we played two headed giant, and this format you know sealed can be really mm-hmm. games can be drawn out, yeah. and we went to time in our first round, mm-hmm. and um and our first opponent beat us on like the third turn, you know. Because in two out of giant, you only get three yeah. turns. But, you know, they beat us on the final turn. And then so we go into round two, and the guys we're playing against keep kind of joking about us going to time in the last mm-hmm. round. And it's like... No, that was, no, that was round two. That the people were totally cool. Round two, those two guys, the two Asian dudes, they were two. They were totally was cool. That, that was round, that was round two. Oh, you're right. Round three were the two guys. Okay. Because round two, we went to time and we drew. That's right. And then round three, we played against those two guys. And that's right. Well, I completely forgot about the Asian guys. They were really cool. right. They were really cool. They were awesome. But then, but then round three, go these, on. Yeah, these guys are kind of making jokes about us going to time, mm-hmm. and it's like the one dude's got sunglasses on, right? And he's like, the whole game, I, just I, sitting I, back, and not doing. Anything. I wanted to like, oh my god! But the problem that I, I felt like the other guy was worse, and the other guy's the one that kept making comments. And so here's, you know, we're playing, and it, you know, we take a minute. It's there's four or you know three other players besides mm-hmm. myself that I'm trying to look at. For, it's, yeah. yeah, and so I'm looking around and trying to figure things out. And you know we would pass the turn and they would sit there and talk. And then when we would go, they'd be like, "Hey, hurry up!" And I, mm-hmm. I felt like you're taking just as long as us, if yeah. not longer. I even got right back to them, like because they were sitting there at like two minutes, and I was like, uh, "You guys just said something to us about playing slow." Yeah. So like, see, and, and in those situations, like I'm I'm more than willing to jump on it, like. Like, uh, I don't think Paul Lynch will mind me saying this, because, um, you know, he's a friend of mine. Um, but, like, when I play against him in Towson, he'll frequently say, hey, dude, do you mind hurrying it up? And I'm just like, and I'm like, I play miles faster than you. You know, like, <laughs> like and it's like, it's like, if someone says to me, do you mind do you mind picking up the pace a little? I'm comfortable playing, uh, you know, a little, at a little bit faster pace. I mean, you guys know me. I'm kind of erratic. I, you know, I've, I've got a... a a speed problem disguised as Adderall uh, prescription, <laughs> and, and and it's uh, it's 
you know, so I'm I'm good with playing faster, but I th- a lot of players just aren't, and I think that's another reason why I don't want to do it. But it comes back to um, I forget who I mean. I know Chris Lewis, uh, one of the uh, he's Chris Alicious on our site, um, but he wrote an article about you know like taking control of, of the game, and I know someone else uh, like I think it was Conley Woods just recently wrote an article about mm-hmm. the same thing, like like play against everyone with a degree of consistency. So if you're gonna say um, you, you don't let someone take something back if you wouldn't let just because they're you know a pro or or because they're a super scrub you know like don't it's like football you don't you can't look at a game ahead you know just just play the game that you're in and play it as if right. you were playing against you, you know, know I had to robot. I had to tell two people yesterday that they couldn't cut their deck after I shuffled mm-hmm. it. Well, that's uh, see now that's 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 just that's weird. a change though. That's, that's right. It is a yeah. change. Well, so the one guy hadn't played in a long time, mm-hmm. the Trent yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So he just didn't know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm like, I need to shuffle your deck again. Yeah. And I was just like, I need to shuffle your deck again because you're not supposed to cut your deck yeah. after. I'm like, I'm yeah. not trying to be a jerk. Yeah. But I mean, I, I was consistent on that all day. Yeah. You know, like I was just like, I would watch, see what they would mm-hmm. do. Um, but then, but like the first round, I was like, you can't do that because like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. giving me this like, oh, why not? Yeah. Because those are the rules, and then the, and then mm. Mancinelli turned around and was like, "Yeah, actually, you can't do that anymore." <laughs> Mancinelli, I'm sure, was more like, "Yeah, yo, you can't do that no more." <laughs> wow! I thought it yeah. was so funny that uh, uh, <laughs> Wes was like, "Man, I can't believe it! I went, I'm in ninth place, I'm in ninth place," and Mancinelli's like, "Got two words for you: play better." <laughs> I was just like, "Yeah." No, Wes is Wes. I mean, uh, you know, not to get too in joke on us, but like. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if you're, you're aware of the in joke that Wes is, in fact, a, a the most likely of any player at Legends to uh, develop a Planeswalker Spark and one day just like disappear. <laughs> like, I mean, because he, like, he's so like it's so like he. Um, I always just imagine him like I know he, like he takes a bus you know wherever he goes and I always imagine he's like I just came in from a law what's up and is, you know like is he's so like he's so intense at all times he has that quiet intensity that it's only matched by maybe like um, uh, uh, why can't I think of? Ken Nagel. Have you guys have you guys played against Ken Nagel? I've I've met him on the the Magic Cruise. Yeah. Wow. Like I uh, we played at Nationals two years ago. It was like the first year I was back in Magic. Uh, Ken Nagel was gunslinging, right? Mm-hmm. And I swear to you, like he could put anyone on tilt. He's so he has this like he has this really weird like quiet intensity. And there's like he's like he's like so what's your favorite magic card you know when did you start playing my favorite card is Norin and he's just like and I'm just like I'm like oh okay cool and he's just it's just like everything about him I was just like I was like I'm playing a way better deck than this guy and I just can't do anything <laughs> because I'm so just distracted by like trying to read him and you can't and he's he is a magic desi- card designing android sent here from the future uh, to 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 apparently kill formats because he's he's I mean he's a cool guy I like him a lot but man it's hard to play against him like, like I can see how bitter blossom how he snuck bitter blossom through because someone was playing against him he's like not that big a deal I mean come on <laughs> you know the guys are just like oh yeah, it's cool uh, he's like I'm gonna make a fairy piece and then, you know, but, um yeah so. So there's that, but yeah, it's 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 yeah Ken or I mean um, uh, uh, Wes yeah. is definitely definitely at any given moment like I feel like he's just gonna be like I'm going to Naya peace you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Naya would be where he go. yeah absolutely he, is, <laughs> yeah, he, looks, he, like, he looks sort of like it, like a Johnny Vengeance <laughs> yeah. a Johnny Vengeance or a gentleman of the darker persuasion who's like three feet tall that would be Wes <laughs> I hope he listens to this because I want him to like yeah I, w- I want him to hear it but anyway. <laughs> He does carry on that axe too. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's a problem. Um. <laughs> Speaking of axe, why don't we body spray on over to the next tournament that happened this weekend? The Star City Games Five K. Oh, worst transition ever. That's that, that was incredible. That was. 
That was one for the ages. Oh so, my god. <laughs> that one made me put my head down on the table. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh god. Wow. Yeah. Forced segue. What's up? Yeah, absolutely. So we did mention already the top eight decks. Yeah. You know, we went over them. Let's but go the, over the blue, white, the, red. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna because say because, that's... like I said, I saw it and, and uh, it was like, wow, I can. It's like splashing for a Johnny, which is awesome. Because that's the only red spell in the deck. Mm. There's one mountain. Yeah. Uh, guys on Twitter were saying, like, you just spreading seize, seize their the mountain, mountain yeah. and that kind of screws them. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Because, um, and I was just like, yeah, that does seem kind of odd to me that mm. that's the only red mana producing. I think, I, I actually, I think by Sunday they kind of shored that up and they're playing, like, yeah. Two mountains because it's because that is a huge deal. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many think... there's so many decks that, that are or, or after border playing sp- spreading season. I know if I only saw one mountain in a blue white allegedly red deck, I would I would certainly uh, compensate for that. Yeah, exactly. Something like keep it tapped or something. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. uh, somehow. But okay, so Joe, you you were playing with it, so you want to go over it? You want to read the list or? Yeah, sure. Um... No, you have to do it from memory. Oh, okay. Well, I don't have it from memory because I changed some of it. <laughs> um, Go ahead. So, okay. So the deck it runs four Wall of Omens, three Oblivion Ring, four Spreading Seas, four Path to Exile, three Ajani Vengeance, three Elspeth, three Gideon, three Jace the Good One, um, <laughs> two Day of Judgment, three uh, Divination, I didn't even want to say. He like it. choked on that word. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of a bad pun to say how it's bad. Um, and th- uh, two martial coup, and then four island, one mountain, five plains, three arid mesa, four colonnade, four glacial fortress, three scalding tarn, two tectonic edge sideboard. Oh wow, this is wow. This one's totally different from the sideboard. Yeah, this played. is this is the uh, Laskin version, I think. Let me see. Yeah, the winning. winning. This is the winning version, so. Uh, That's totally different from the side where I played. Uh, One core firewalker, two meddling mage, three wall of denial, one celestial purge, three flash freeze, four negate, and one day of judgment. Um, So now you had to make some changes. Well, I I didn't have to. One of them I had to, but then, uh, but then one of them I wanted to. Um, So basically, I played this deck on Sunday at a tournament and uh, tied in the final because we were both hungry. Um, and, um, what I wound up doing, well, first of all, I was, I think I looked at Ben Stark's list Mm -hmm. to get my sideboard ideas. So the sideboard's different, but the main deck's the same. Right. The main deck is exactly the same. So anyway, my deck that I wound up running was I wound up putting in a third day of judgment main Mm -hmm. and I took out the two, the three divinations and ran two sea beyond, which... Like we were saying, yeah, we before. were saying earlier, C Beyond seems like a better idea because I mean, it's got to be it's got to be as good um, because I mean, it leaves you you can you can at least feign like a spell pierce or something dumb or like a path to exile or something like that on on turn three with it, right? Um, you're you're drawing two cards either way, and there's with very few exceptions, I would think there's got to be something that even if it's not a dead card, maybe you don't need it right then and there. Right. Um, I mean, and just multiple Planeswalkers yeah. is the first thing I think of. Like yeah. being, you know, having two Gideons in your hand or something. Like, you know, you're not, it's turn two mm-hmm. or, or, or turn three. You know, you can do it on turn two. That's yeah. already better than Divination or at least one thing you can't do with Divination. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just being able to filter back mm-hmm. a card that, a card that you don't necessarily need at the moment. But sure. I, obviously they wanted the Divination for the card advantage, mm-hmm. I would guess. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, it makes sense. 
I, I was I was content with just digging a little deeper. You know what I mean? Like just digging, digging as deep, digging, and then pitching something. Yeah. Um. So I wound up doing that. Um, and I feel like in conjunction with like Jace, you know, after brainstorming, that's pretty powerful too. Like, yeah. I mean, if you want, if you want one of the next two cards, but you don't want, you know, the the second card, right? You're, you get to throw it back. You know, so that's. That's something to think about, too. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and, and just the shuffle effect mm-hmm. in general with yeah. Jace's brainstorm is yeah. good. Right. And um, so the sideboard I wound up running was um, two Celestial Purge, three Flash Freeze, three Negate, three Wall of Denial, uh, one Tectonic Edge, and three Luminarch Ascensions. Um, what, what was the difference there, like from Ben Stark's? Uh, ben Stark's list had a mind control on the sideboard, had four negates, and had the Day of Judgment, which mm. I wound up putting in the main. Okay, makes sense. I was just curious. Yeah, um, you <laughs> forgot about the mind control. Wound up being yeah, I did totally just forget about the mind control because I well, I needed the lumen. I wanted to fit all three luminar extensions in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to cut this. I'm going to cut this. And then I'm gonna like try to find something else to cut out of the sideboard. And then like I was counting up the cards that had the luminar extension. And I'm like, oh, it's already 15 cards because I forgot about the mind. I'm like, great, there it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I even would want the mind control. Maybe, but I don't know. Um, maybe. Although you know, it would probably be better than mind control, especially if uh, uh, if uh, spreading sees is a problem. You just run vapor snare or vapor snare. Yeah. And then you can bounce the mountain. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, and get that back. Or um, deprive. Or deprive. <laughs> deprive. <laughs> Which there's, there's no other counter spells in the main, but, there are but no you can put them in the, uh, in the main deck. Putting them in the, in the sideboard. sideboard right? That yeah. could be a decent plan, yeah. Um, but it's a really, really awesome deck. It's really powerful. Um, How did, the, did you play Luminarch Ascension? Well, you did play Luminarch Ascension. I did. did okay. How did that work for you? Because it worked great. Um, I was really anticipating Blue White Control, which is why I ran that, but I didn't actually play against Blue White Control all day. Um, if I did, I would have sided it in. Um, and I think it would have gone very well because, I mean, basically that means they need 15 O-rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also because walls can't attack, as, as Portal has taught us. Um, that's true. So, uh, that's, it, it's, it does seem intrinsically good against, uh, blue-white control. Right. Right. So, I mean, like... So where's Pithing Needle? You know what I mean? Like, not for you, but I'm saying, like, where the hell has Pithing Needle even been? It's in Tim's sideboard. Like, it's in my control. sideboard from my new blue-white control, which I built before I saw this and decided mm-hmm. I wanted to play this instead. Right. But, I mean, it was like, I was sitting there trying to think, well, if I'm not playing O-Ring, Pithing Needle seems like a good option. Again, because it beats Luminarch Ascension and Planeswalkers, which mm-hmm. are, you know, tough things to deal with. So I'm like, okay, I'll play three Pithing Needles in the sideboard. And it is a good a good time to pick them up, because they're like $3. Yeah, right now. they were like, what, $18? Well, yeah, yeah, when back Seismic in... Swans was, like, was there, it was, or when uh, when Swanscape was uh, was in, they were, they were every bit of 15 bucks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something to consider. But yeah, I mean, it just seems like such a simple answer to so many things. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely, you know, just absolutely. keeping somebody off of well, and especially like Time Sif is a really good deck again, I think. And um, and I'm, and that's how, you know not the, the that you know abortion that Jerry T's forcing you know, people. <laughs> right. Sort of the, you mean know, the, the old the open the vaults uh, like filigree angel? I mean that's cute and all, but it's Time Sif like the old like infinite turns deck is yeah. just like a really really solid combo deck, and there's. You can win pretty early with it. Um, you know, I want to say you can win like turn 
five, but it's really like turn eleven. But you've taken the last six turns, right? So it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, feels like turn five. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's just we lost we lost elsewhere flask, mm-hmm. and that was a big hit to the deck. But now yeah. we got what is it? We prophetic, prophetic prism, prism, which is actually better because elsewhere flask a lot of times did have some use. Like Kaleidoson is just there as like like Kaleidoson could say like you know go buy a bag of chips when this enters the battlefield, draw a card. You know, right. like, like <laughs> sacrifice to buy a bag of chips or something dumb. Um, but, but, which would actually make a lot of stuff better. But, because you could, you could get into the graveyard. But, um, <laughs> but true. the, uh, but with Prophetic Prism, like with Elsewhere Flask, you used to use that, like, if, for example, you had one white, you know, in play, you could sack it, make all your lands planes, and then tap to open the vaults. Mm-hmm. Um, with, uh, however, with um, Prophetic Prism, it, it helps your, your mana anyway. I mean, this is a deck that plays, you know, like, 14 basic lands and, eight, you know, or 14 lands, actually, and, yeah. like, eight, you know, eight border border So it's, yeah. like, it's really light on mana in the first place. Um, so you, you, it's nice to have something that kind of, you know, helps out as far as, it, you, you know, filters. Color fixing, um, yeah. yeah. so that's, I, I found that to be a really good card in the deck. Um, uh, I, I feel like you could just literally go take the list and go, oh, Elsewhere Flask becomes that, and then mm-hmm. just run it. Like, yeah. Because other, yeah. other than that was... Um, Are there any other, you know... I'm trying to think of other differences. I mean, I guess you don't have the... We had Angel Song before, uh, yeah, and, and I guess we had... Yeah, there was that Fog. Uh, with the oh, yeah, yeah, the one with, uh, with uh, what's that? Paul Lullaby. Yeah, yeah Paul Lullaby. So, but now you have um, uh, uh, Safe Passage, which is probably as good. I mean, it's not it's not as cheap, I guess, but it, it does more oh, in the way of... Mm-hmm. Batwing Broom. Yeah, what? Batwing Broom. But no one Batwing Broom. Oh, that's right. I don't yeah. think I ever played that in my version. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't play Batwing Broom. I played that in, in like... Super fog, but not in uh, not in that. But yeah, so it's, it's it is definitely a good deck again. It's something to consider. That's definitely if you uh, if you want to play a deck that co- will cost you fifty dollars to put together, hundred dollars to put together, maybe tops, yeah. and that is 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 uh, is a legit contender against everything. Ex- and you know, don't take this the wrong way, but Jund is like a, a bit of a problem just because their milestone bosses are land destruction, right? Yeah. Um, but but the like any other against. Almost every other deck, it's just got really solid matchups, and it's just a really, really good deck. Now I know John from the site; he plays uh, he plays Wall of Omens, which we, we call you know our, our main man Woo Woo, um, and uh, he plays <laughs> the he whistles plays, go Woo Woo, he goes so Woo, um, and uh, so he plays he plays those. Um, I don't play those, but I think they're you know they're good in the deck, and with those that that certainly helps your red matchup. And red, I think, is definitely proven. I mean, in the uh, in the the Grand Prix trial yesterday, the top two uh, who split the the buys were. Were uh, both moderate. So oh, wow. were they both like Chapin? One, kind of one was Chapin, and or one was Chapin esque, and one was uh, one was Blightning. Uh, the the, the Blightning Black. Oh, yeah. barely Rakdos. Is yeah. it, <laughs> I like to call yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Um, so I mean, they're 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 both. Uh, I mean, the 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 mono mono red version played Jackal Familiar, which. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a terrible card at best, but it's... Now, is that the one that... I know it's the 2-2... Two, 2-2 two, two, two for a red, for a red right, and but cannot I... attack or block alone. Okay. Um, which is nice, because that way, uh, if they have a wall of omens in play, uh, you can't run into it anyway. So, yeah. um, it's just... I don't think it's a great card, but I guess it's nice that it's not just burn, you know, like a, like a health card. And it's mark, not it's... giving them a land. It's true, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, but, I mean... Goblin Guide, it's just sad what happened to Goblin Guide, because it went from being, like, the best red creature ever printed to just being like, eh, it's good, but, you know. I, I, I don't think there. it's as bad as people... I mean, the wall obviously mm. makes a problem, but, I mean, just getting in for two, seeing what they're going to draw next, you know, mm. I mean, if it's not a land, and if it's a mm. land, whatever. I mean, one, one of the things I found is that Wall of Omens is one of those weird cards that, like... <laughs> like, it's sort of like 
I mean, almost like for, Core Firewalker, because I was playing Wall of Omens all weekend, and I feel like I never really wanted it. Like, against against the decks, like like Blue-White Tap-Out and stuff like that, there's nothing you can block in that deck, except for the the, the occasional version that runs the Knight of the Metagrain, uh, Meta, Meta or not Metagrain. <laughs> Knight of the White Order. Knight of the White Order, yeah. Um, uh, so, like, there's that guy that you can maybe block, but after that, you're just like, well, I mean, they're a card, but they're just literally, I mean, it's an Elsewhere Flask. Like, it's yeah. not doing anything else for you. Um so it's, you know, while Wall of Omens I find to be a great card, uh, it's definitely one of those cards that it changed the environment, and as a result of its change of the environment, it's almost not needed, you know? Right, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind it's, of weird. It's, it, it's like, it's very format dependent, and mm-hmm. when you're seeing a lot of ground guys, it's obviously good. Yeah. Like, ground guys who's less than four power. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even with four power, I mean, you stick it in front of a Vengevine, at least it saves you some mm-hmm. some life there, but mm-hmm. yeah, with all the um, you know, like either creatureless or close to creatureless decks mm-hmm. going around, it's not I guess it's not very impressive mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting there, like what we were playing last week, and you were playing it against, uh, you had it in your green-white deck, which at the time was didn't have any blue in it, but that's mm-hmm. kind of irrelevant, but against my blue-white control deck and it was just like just some cantrip that yeah, just sat like, there. Okay. <laughs> right. Like, why don't you play something more aggressive, which yeah. was the core Skyfisher. Right. Uh, that's, you know, what we talked about. But, um, did you ever, did, did you had score, uh, core Skyfisher? Never right? came up once. Never came, okay. Never came you up. You just didn't notice, I think. No, I'm I mean, <laughs> Avenge Vine trigger never came up. Like, I never yeah. got him back. Like. Yeah, it's very interesting because it seems like when spoilers were coming out, we had mm. Gideon and, of course, he shot right up. Mm. And he's Venge what, 50 now? He is he is he that high now? I think he's fifty now. I, I saw Jace is like seventy. Jace, uh, yeah, like, so Jace has no. now gone up. Um, not according, John Medina says Jace is worth thirty five no matter what. That's, that's true. Like, <laughs> you know, if you can if you can if you can, you know, pimp around like that and be like, yo, your Jaces are worth thirty five dollars, then by all means, <laughs> John Medina, you are you are the guy. Um, like, I'll give you a Jace for two Jaces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> seventy. <laughs> Those are thirty five. I found my Jace to be worth about seventy dollars. I mean per per Star City it's about seventy. Uh, what do you value your Jaces at? Well, you just said 70. I think I'm at like 35. Like, what? <laughs> My Jaces are worth more than yours. That's right. So the thing what I was saying was Gideon obviously was like the big big card of the set, mm. and then Vengevine kind of started creeping up, and people mm. were like, you know, Kelly Reed had his uh, his post about Gideon or Vengevine, which mm. one do you think is better? And, mm. you know, there was good discussion, I think, on both sides. Um mm. And so it seemed like Vengevine was kind of catching up. Mm-hmm. He was like nowhere to be found all mm-hmm. weekend. Like he was—I yeah. mean, he was around, but it wasn't like he made some huge impact. Yeah, yeah Gideon's gonna. Gideon, Gideon just like went he had some staying power, and Vengevine looks like I think it, it, that Vengevine is good, but I, I feel like of the two, uh, Vengevine's the one that's gonna kind of dip dip a little bit. Yeah, I feel like after this weekend, like the artwork for Near Death Experience should just be Vengevine's laying all over the ground, <laughs> and Gideon just standing there, like, <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot of time. Yeah, I know. Moments. Maybe, maybe you guys want to talk about legacy a little bit. Yeah, I guess it, it, since it since uh, you're you know more about legacy mm-hmm. than we do, there was also a legacy event, mm-hmm. as yeah. usually happens with the Star yeah. City weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I, what do you, you know more about that? So yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll I mean, that. the the I, I don't know what exactly was in the top eight altogether. I just know that you drill down. Um, I know the top two, and then I know what Dave Price was running. Um, now, just for reference, the Dave Price who who made it was not uh, not Team Dead guy. Dave Price, it's not just like, another guy. Yeah, it's, just, it's he's another guy, and he's like a perennial like legacy top eighter. The guy's like super, super, like just really, and he plays on a, a really solid legacy like uh, team. 
and uh, they're you know one of the members of their playtest group is a really cool you know I like him and no one else seems to it's Kevin Kehoe he you know oh. he's you guys probably know him from Towson but whatever oh, um, okay. and uh, and he's like they're just a really really solid like one of the best legacy teams I think for my money um, and he's playing like it's kind of this like band homebrew uh, and I think he got third or fourth and then the uh, and then uh, first place was uh, uh, Dave something or other playing ad nauseum tendrils. And then second place was Jerry T with uh, with Reanimator. Um, so, you know, for people who don't know, I guess uh, how Ad Nauseum Tendrils works, um, it's just just a storm deck that you know you using Ad Nauseum and a bunch of cheap cheap spells, uh, with the exception of um, Tendril. What is it? Tendrils of Agony. Is that what the storm spells? Yeah, are? yeah. Okay. Um, it, you you just you know you generate a huge storm, storm count, uh, and then it's pretty much a lot of like brainstorms, ponders, like one mana kind of things. <laughs> yeah, digging and loaded, for, like... lotus petals. Uh, lines Eye Diamond does it play? I think it no yeah it does play, I, uh, I think it, some versions do because it has Infernal Tutor um, uh, so a bunch of other stuff and then you get yourself an Ad Nauseum and then you you know Ad Nauseum into a million right, you cards. basically draw your deck you know, and yeah you go to you go to maybe you know True Life and then you and then you add, uh, Tendrils of Agony and uh, and Storm Count them out so it's yeah. a it's a solid deck I am not a huge fan of it I think if you're if you're uh, an American and you want to play the degenerate, you know, accidental combo deck you should be playing, you know, Belcher. But yeah. um, but then there's then this Reanimator, which has been, I mean, just really king of the mountain for the past several tournaments, I think. Because um, it's, I mean, while it's not winning everything, it's putting a really consistent number still. Yeah. We still don't know how to deal with, uh, with an, you know, turn two Iona. I mean, Caracas is obviously <laughs> one one way to do it. And they're, the other ways are almost non-existent. You know, so... Uh, so there's that. There's uh, you know a lot of interesting stuff. Kind of pop- I say a lot, but you know some interesting stuff is popular. Like there's a, a deck that um, abuses you know the Eldrazi and then plays uh, plays Show and Tell as well as Eureka. Um, yeah. So Eureka shot up. Like Eureka went from being like a like a twenty dollar card this time last week to like a thirty dollar or like this time like a month ago to like a thirty dollar card like this time like last week and like uh, it's it's. Fifty bucks now, and wow. then, um, and like actually, John and Dana had mentioned Eureka as one of like, yeah. the cards to watch. Um, Sneak Attack, I think, was using a couple decks, which is an, another card that shot up. I mean, it went for like a twelve dollar card. I mean, it's, it's always been high, just because Saga rares can be kind of obscure. They can be kind of hard to get because there were so many like really really good rares that were always really good. Yeah, but then these cards were like casual favorites, and then now they're like thirty bucks. Um, and then there's uh, I'm trying to think of some other stuff. Um, there, I, I mean, it, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of power in you know show and telling it in Emrakul into play, right? Um, and Eureka with the you know Emrakul Iona is just like you know what do you do? It's like hypergenesis, but you're just you know casting it. Oh man, I I watched somebody uh, playing. I think it was uh, West playing Polymorph uh-huh. yesterday. He uh, polymorphs into Iona. Mm-hmm. And dude didn't scoop, and I was like, "Why is he not scooping?" But then I realized that oh, okay, then, oh, because then he into the royal is Baneslayer Angel, and the guy's playing. Mo- he's playing against mono white, so he goes polymorph and Iona, naming white bouncer Baneslayer Angel, and his empty board go. Right. And I was like, "Why is he not scooping?" But he had um, a myriad sky ruin, and was like, "Well, I'll just wait till I have enough cards." I'm like, yeah. and I can discard, and then have infinite blockers for Iona." Was that Roddy? Oh wow! Uh, he's like the the mind. No. It, okay. Wait, it Roddy. was. It was Roddy. I played Roddy round two, and yeah, this was his uh, round three match against Wes. Um, and uh, and then and then next turn, Wes goes Polymorph, Emrakul, mm-hmm. 
and then he screwed him off. <laughs> right. He was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no planes means no a myriad trigger. <laughs> and then Wes uh, disappeared to Meriden to get some lunch. Right. Um, <laughs> planes walked away. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, I know uh, um, Doug Lynn, the guy who writes uh, uh, um, Legacies of Lore for yeah. Varsity, um, he, you know, he was talking, he wrote an article that, that came out this morning that was really excellent talking about, like, like something that, you know, Kelly Reed talks about kind of uh, ad infinitum and, and that I was talking about a little while ago. It was just, like, speculating on cards. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking about, like, kind of how to do it. Um, something that I found that's, like, I guess especially with regards to, like, legacy cards, if you want, like, a cheat to do it, like, if you wanted to cheat, uh, uh, like, you know, kind of stay ahead of the curve on legacy, especially with cards that are under the radar, like, Food Chain is under the radar right now. Um, but the way that I've n- kind of know to pick up food chains is they're on Star City's buy list, like the little buy list they yeah. have on the page. And like anytime a new card appears on there, that's like kind of an obscure, like like you know, card from wherever, mm-hmm. from Masks or you know, a Saga or Nemesis or something. Just go to your local dealers and pick them up for you know a dollar while you can, because because I mean, obviously you could just flip them right away. Mm-hmm. But like a card like Mana Bond, which was I mean, this time at the at the Richmond Five K, I sold a place at a Mana Bonds for ten dollars. And they're up to twenty now. Like I traded oh, for a place at this weekend at the guy said fifteen, but I think he valued them at a nickel because I ended up you know with four of them for practically nothing. But um, <laughs> but like I was like I was like fifteen's a little high, and he's like no, they're fifteen on Star City. And I was like okay, fine. And then after we got done with the trade, I looked them up, and they were they were nine, twenty and sold out. So it's just like it, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of room with with regards to some of those cards now. Food chain. Um, I guess Doug Lynn was recommending against picking those up because he said that the... I don't remember what that one does. Food chain Remove is, a creature you control yeah. from the game, add X mana of any color to your mana pool, where mm-hmm. X is the removed creature's converted mana cost, plus one. Mm-hmm. This mana may be spent only to play creature spells, and it's an enchantment for a green and two. It's a rare from Mercadian 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 Now the reason that there's... I probably have ton of them in my head. Like They're actually up at five bucks each yeah. on uh, Strike Zone right now. Yeah. That's the cheapest price on Bidwicket. Five to six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the reason the reason that those kind of there's two factors contributing to to those uh those kind of having gone up. Um one is because of the Eldrazi spells, um they interact interestingly with evoke creatures. Mm-hmm. So if you like evoke like a Wismare, mm-hmm. you can you know uh, you can respond by exiling it off of food chain, right. and then you can chain that into a bunch of different evoke creatures that have lo- lower evoke cost than mana cost. Right. So because the the gain of mana is on its mana cost, like like something. Oh, like, so you, so you're, like yeah. evoking a Shriek Maw for two, you're getting you're five getting five or six. Four mana. Or it, it, six, six, six yeah, six mana. Yeah, six mana. So, right. one. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah. When you evoke, you know, when you evoke Maldrifter, not only do you get to draw the two cards, but then you get the you get six, six mana. Yeah. So right. it's um, so that it, sounds pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I didn't actually know that that's why Food Chain was like Doug Lynn mentioned in his article. Mm. So I mean, I'm I'm interested in you know play testing that, but uh, but like. There's also been talk, and I'm sure you guys have heard the buzz on Twitter about like this, uh, this new eternal format, this like yeah. overextended, overextended, it, um, which is <laughs> going to be like masks forward. Um, personally, I hope they don't do that. Yeah, um, I do. I, yeah, well, <laughs> I personally hope they do do that. It's it's uh, the only reason I say that is because legacy is really, 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 really healthy right now, and. Vintage is not really, really, really healthy. Like vintage is a good format, and it's got a lot of people who will champion it and and will tell you know will probably comment on this part of your 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 cast this week and say, hey, 
you know, what's he talking about? Vintage is really healthy. But like the fact of the matter is that Legacy just has such a better following where the devotees to Vintage might be a little bit stronger. Um, there's a lot of Legacy players. And mm-hmm. people, I don't think people would stop playing Legacy. And even with Vintage, since there's so many proxy tournaments, I don't think people would necessarily stop playing Vintage. But you're really going to hurt, like, you're. I think you're going to hurt Vintage a little. So the people who aren't, like, super into Vintage aren't going to go out and get their, their dual lands and stuff like that because they can just play this other Eternal format. Mm-hmm. And it'll... It'll kill Extended. Yeah, well, I mean, because Extended, extended is so unpopular to begin out, with. Yeah. You know, it's... The only reason people play Extended ever is because it's a PTQ season. Right. It's a Pro Tour, uh, it's a Pro Tour uh, format. Yeah, I, I like Extended a lot. I think it's, it's, a, it's always... It feel, the, the card pool feels the deepest, even though it's le- deeper in Legacy and Vintage. You, you you have a lot more options just because you're comparing it to standard and you're you know right. but um but man like people don't like extend it and like this format will just come in and be like be like hey you you know and then the 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 things that happen as an effect of this is you know um I mean if you think days is expensive now at, at being you know a two depending upon when what time of the season is a one fifty to four dollar common like good lord it's going to be expensive mm-hmm. if, if this new format happens you what know, it's card right, Daze uh, the, the mm-hmm. Mercadian or Nemesis uh, it's one in a blue with a force oh, like D-A-Z-E yeah. 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 not Daze not like Daze Day- Day- of Judgment <laughs> yeah. I, thought you, I, mean, I thought you were saying Deus oh. like Deus of Calamity <laughs> oh. yeah. I was like um, that's not a common yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it would become like the force of will of yeah, overextending exactly like it's, it's there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of collateral effects that people don't consider because I mean like I said when, when I was here with you guys last time like magic is a market, and like these cards, just because they can be reprinted, doesn't mean there's more of them in circulation right now. Mm-hmm. And Wizards isn't going to be like, "Hey, we can reprint that," and people really, really want food chains. So here's more food chains. You know, like mm-hmm. like from the vault, food chain is out. You know, this is like <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And so it, it'll just it, it's just I think will hurt. It'll it'll have a lot of like kind of fallout that happens as a result of it, and none of it. The only people it hurts are people who. I mean, like, you guys, I don't think, uh, you know, you guys don't play Legacy, really, um, but, I mean, would you jump right into to, to that format, you know, like, I, uh, assuming that, you know, um, you're, you're still going to need your, your Shock Lands, your Ravnic mm-hmm. Lands, you're still going to need all the fetches and stuff like that to, to shore up mana bases. Um, I mean, is that something, if they said there was a tournament next, uh, you know, Two weeks from now, would you guys commit to, you know, trying to play in that tournament? Not two weeks from now, yeah, but I feel, like, I feel like... <clears throat> Um, I would definitely. If the question is, what does it replace? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if it replaces extended, awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm down with that. Like, I think yeah. that's a good idea. I don't think legacy should go away. Yeah. But I think that there should be a broader format mm-hmm. for people who want to play mm-hmm. older sets, but right. don't really want. I'm. Mm-hmm. I am decidedly never. Mm-hmm. playing Legacy sure. or Vintage. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ever doing it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. You made your decision. I'll make mine. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm not ever doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care how healthy the format is. Mm-hmm. I don't care how popular it is. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's um, like my only chance at like at uh, PTQ, at, like yeah. hitting a PTQ. Oh, fine, yeah. Don't care. Not playing it. Sure. Um, and, and that's the decision I have every right to make. Um, now, if they were to do something like this, mm-hmm. um, I mean, of course, there's... There's a barrier to entry in any new mm-hmm. format, but you know, um, but I definitely think I would play it. Um, not in two weeks, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know, but like I'd, like, I'd sit back and see what what happens a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think I would start picking up cards in those right, two exactly. weeks, um, and then see and, and and then pay attention and try to mm-hmm. you know get the cards that are that are running hot mm-hmm. in that format. Um, 
And see, right around Saga and, like, Masks Block is when I started, like, mm. really buying a lot of cards. So, like, I feel like... I'd almost feel like, whoa, I've probably got a whole bunch of overextended cards like, right up in a box. Like, actually, yeah. I don't even look at. I, I mean, I, I guess what would really... There's a couple things that would really, really affect, you know, the quality of that format. One would be they'd have to do a completely new ban list. And not mm-hmm. just, like... I mean, that seems like an obvious statement, but, like, you couldn't even base it on the one in Legacy. Oh, right, no. Um, it, like, like Aether Vial would just be super degenerate. I mean, it already is super degenerate, but it would just be so much worse in that format. I mean, there are a couple um, obvious cards that would start the list, yeah, you know what I mean? Skull and then they would... is still is still, you know, banned in every format. <laughs> right. Um, but, but, uh, but, like, there's some other stuff that, Whoopsie. like, like you wouldn't even necessarily <laughs> think of that you probably have to get rid of, like, um, I'm not, you know, this is just a, a, just a guess at it, but I think you might have to ban, like, Heritage, not Heritage, yeah, Heritage Druid, like elf, elves, elves might be way too good in that format, mm-hmm. um, and then like other things that would happen. See, like like because again, you know, there's like a, co- a a barrier to entry with you know co- with reference to cost, but you can't be like, it, like like people are like you know it's it's Mercadian Mass Forward, so that's good, but one misdirection's a thirty dollar card because it's the Force of Will in that format. Yeah, and it's it's actually going to be you know potentially could be more than that because it's rare. Um, so, you know, Force of Will is an uncommon. Yeah. Um, you end up with something where you've got a lot of, you know, there's a lot of cards that have a lot more room to go up. And the people who are going to, I mean, the people who benefit from a format like this are the dealers, not the players. Like, the, oh, players, yeah. the players, I think there's a little bit of a plus and upside, but it's, it's at best, I think, a wash. I think, I think, I think it gets as, not as expensive as Legacy, but certainly not much less expensive. Like, the only thing that's different with, with regards to price is going to be the mana bases, I think. Well, that's the thing, like, having something like it, having a new format like that gives, since Magic's healthier than it's ever been, mm-hmm. it gives people the opportunity to get in from the ground yeah, floor. Right, you know what right. I mean? Like, instead of having to be like, ah, oh, I can't even reach that high. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, man, look, I can just take the stairs. And, like, you know, when you get to the top of the stairs, yeah, you know, stuff's a little expensive. But, yeah. like, everybody starts on the same level. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have those cards already yeah. sure start a little higher, but yeah. they're not going to be that expensive for people to get into it. Eventually, and, the cards' then, prices will fluctuate in accordance with which decks are hot in that format. But that's the same with every format. Right, and, and what, I, what I'm, like, the... the problem with legacy that people say are the dual lands mm-hmm. which they can't reprint now mm-hmm. if that becomes something if something gets that necessary like mm-hmm. the shock lands or something or the uh, or the fetch lands right, you know, or the, the, the allied fetches right then they can just they can reprint them somehow where yeah. however they want to do and, and so then the cost the doesn't like and the cost doesn't you know stay through the roof yeah you know but like since they stuck their foot in their mouth 15 years ago and then um, again you know five weeks ago. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, but now they're stuck with that decision um, they can't reprint the dual lands, so they can't do anything to shore that up. But like, but like you said, they can. If something is a big issue, like if like misdirection becomes a hundred dollar card, mm-hmm. they can go. Here's misdirection. You know what I mean? Right. Even if it's like a judge promo, <laughs> judge right. promo. Um, you know the 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 full art uh, foil uh, player rewards. You know what I mean? Like there are ways to get those yeah. cards in circulation yeah, and they're not uh, without having to put it in standard. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's, what I mean? That's a good point. Um, I hate to blue ball you guys on this conversation, but it's I, I got to uh, skate. So thanks for having me. Cool. Um, I will uh, talk to you guys this week. I'm sure. On cool. The, yeah. Yeah. It was great seeing thanks, you. Thanks as always. <laughs> All right, we're back. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a few more of the events and uh, a couple more things we have on the uh, on the agenda. First of all, let's see. The uh, there was a TCG Player 5K. 
And uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I think it's a problem when I need to look on Mananation.com to find the deck list for the TCG Player 5K. Um, <laughs> because I can't find them on TCG Player's site. And, and I just wanted to mention this too, because it, this was something I've been thinking about for a couple weeks a little bit. But, I mean, again, no offense to, C to TCG Player exactly, but you heard what happened with them and MTG Cast. No. Like with Monday Night Magic? No. Monday Night Magic was available on TCG Player. And uh, I think one day Tom went to the site and saw that, you know, it wasn't, the most recent episode wasn't up, and he looked, and, and he, like, the most recent maybe three episodes weren't available. Hmm. And so, you know, he emailed them and said, you know, is everything okay? Like, did you, did you guys, you know, was there a problem? That kind of thing. And they basically wrote back saying that that they didn't like that MTG cast or, or Monday Night Magic was biased against them like that they that other sites got more more coverage and they didn't see any reason to give to to post monday night magic on their site when they weren't getting as much coverage it just seems like so that seems so ridiculous because monday night magic it's not like they're deliberately being biased right it's like if you're not having big events or your big events are not as big as other events you're going to be third or fourth on the list or you're not going to make the cut you know i'm sorry you know here they have apparently a tcg player 5k this weekend and i can't find information about it on on the tcg player site i'm on magic.tcgplayer.com and i can't find it and when i do a control f for 5k you know what comes up an event in la which was on march 22nd that's what i just found so that that's helpful right because it's a you know a month and a half old um, let's see what the next event, um, Indianapolis, oh, it's the Star City 5K just, just popped up, I'm sorry, so there's that, that's the next example of 5K, and then we've got the Channel Fireball 5K, you know, where is this, there should be a link at the top of the main page, or, and, and their site is such a mess, I can't, I don't know where to look, like, I don't know where to look on their site, it just is, my eyes go everywhere, and I'm, I'm just like, I, I don't want to look at this. Like, I'll look up, okay, Conley Woods, I like him, I'm going to read his stuff, good, good stuff, I'll read it. You know, uh, there's another guy, Mike Flores. Oh, yeah, Mike Flores? He is, he is now writing for TCG Player, so I will certainly read his stuff. Um, but it's just, and it's nothing against even the writers. I, would, I, I like to read their content, but the way I do it is through Google Reader, because I can't stand looking at the official site. It does look like Billy Moreno's on there, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's nothing... The, the writers are great. It's just whoever runs the site, like, they need to do a better job of, of this kind of thing. And they, you know, don't complain when a, a site or when, when a podcast or, or anything basically talks about the Star City Games 5Ks more because they're bigger events. I, I don't know... Uh, Star City is a bigger site. They're just getting more hits, you know or they're getting more uh, people showing up at their events. If there's a TCG Player 5K in Baltimore, of course I'd go to it. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not trying to really knock on them. I'm trying to kind of, I feel like it might sound, it might be coming off that way, but it's really like I'm trying to give right. them con some constructive criticism here. Because, right, bring attention to it. Right, like you need to update your site in a way that makes it coherent um, and and what you've got now is just really difficult. There are plenty of other examples of other sites out there that are doing it better. So go ahead and look. 
I mean, Star City isn't the prettiest site, but I feel like I don't have issues finding things on their site. Right. Um, right now, okay, so both of you guys have had events this weekend, this past weekend, the same day, May 1st and also May 2nd for, for Star City. When I go to StarCityGames.com, the f- top thing besides the banner ad and their normal, you know, menu there is coverage of Star City Games Open Atlanta. Like, it's right there. So mm-hmm. I, I don't have to even control F anything. You know, it's like, it's right there. It's right in the center. It has its own freaking banner at the top. Like, yeah, so... Let's... Um, yeah, let's move on. Let's right. not get on Let's not get on the soapbox for too right, long no, today. No, 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 I just... I, I kind of... I took offense to what they did to oh, Monday Night yeah, Magic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that bothers me because, like, I, those guys have every intention of covering everything equally and... You know, if they're not getting coverage, it's not for any sort of bias. It's just because this is what we see. Like, I'm sorry, this is, you know, I see what's happening on Star City Games because people are tweeting about it and things like that. Like, I've seen the, um, you know, I know about the TCG Player 5K because they had a lot of uh, Twitter posts about it. So that's why I know what happened. If anything... You would think they would have a bias in favor of TCG Player because Conley Woods writes for them. Exactly, and and Conley even you know at the time was like refrained from saying anything. He just didn't have any make any comments on the on what was going on. But it just seems kind of messed up because I know those guys definitely have no intention of being biased at all, and 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 just to not have the respect to just email Tom and and say hey, you know. We feel like you're not giving us much coverage. Maybe you could step it up a little bit. Or, hey, we feel like you're not giving us much coverage, so we're not going to post your show anymore. But they just didn't do anything. So Tom's taking his time to, to write up his email, you know, to, to send over to them, which I know because I do it for our show. It, I mean, it only takes a couple minutes, but it takes a couple minutes. If they're not going to put it up, what are they going to do? Just let him keep sending it and never tell him until he, like, actually emailed to say, hey, what's up? Like that's I feel like that's disrespectful. It sounds like unnecessary drama. It sounds kind it of does. asinine, you know. It, like it does, and and that's all. I feel like, um, you know, that you can have more respect for another human being. You know, magic coverage aside, to tell them when that that they they don't need to be sending you this anymore because you're not going to put it up, or or right. just to say, hey, we don't like what you're doing. We would like you to to mention us more. Something. I mean, it's just common. Courtesy. That's all. Right. I, I feel like that. That kind of. I take a little bit of offense to it. So that's why I had something to say about it. Um, you know, like I said, nothing. Nothing really against them, but I just don't like that. So, anyway, on to the actual deck lists, which again I'm getting from Mananation.com. The first place deck was a Jund list, and I think as far as Rise of the Eldrazi cards, I don't see any. Do you there see any? There aren't any. No Rise cards in the the first place list. Unfortunately, after the first place, we don't know what order the second through seventh, I mean the second through eighth place lists are, because... It wasn't listed. It's not listed. So, again, uh, they ha- this second, or this other Jund list is playing Sarkin the Mad, um, and... Uh, Nest Invader in the sideboard. Um, we've got a deck called Wily Coyote, which looks to be like an Esper list with Jace and Elspeth and Gideon and Liliana and four brilliant ultimatums. Hmm. Uh, also three Emrakuls. So, uh, 
Brilliant Ultimatum is the factor fiction variant of the Ultimatums, which is reveal the top five cards of your library. Liliana to set it up, that's really nice. Yeah, so it's remove the top five from the game, and opponent separates those cards into two piles. You may play any number of cards from one of those piles without paying their mana cost. So, uh, you know, all you need, like like Joe was just saying, um, Liliana can just pop a Emrakul right to the top, and then you play Brilliant Ultimatum, and... What you do is... Uh, it doesn't matter how they separate it, because, yeah. because you just play Emrakul. Uh, it's just interesting to see that, to see uh, Brilliant Ultimatum as, yeah. a, as a four of. In as a, a four of. In a top eight list. Pretty insane. Um, uh, we have another Jund list, which again is running Sark in the Mad, and um, what else? Consuming Vapors in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. We've got a big blue list, which is essentially, to me it looks like, uh, kind of blue-white tap-out. Tap tap-out, yeah. yeah. It's got uh, Sphinx of Dwar Isle, Elspeth, Knight of the White Orchid, Jace. Yeah, essentially it's blue-white tap-out. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I say something real quick? Um, yes, of course. You're the other half of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have you say what you want to say. Um, the uh, WPN championship qualifier mm-hmm. was just not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. And our buddy uh, Connor Moran won the the uh, tournament uh, playing Jund, um, and his deck list, his deck name was, I think, easily one of the cleverest. I guess it's cleverest a word. One of the most <laughs> clever uh, deck names I've heard in a long time. It was Juns for Morans. <laughs> <laughs> and I was because I mean you know I mean he's like the consummate Jun player. He plays Jun. He's been playing Jun for like six months. Yeah, and like and he loves the deck. And I just thought it was such a clever name, like Juns for Morans, because you know people make fun of Jun and say it's not a smart deck. To, you know, doesn't require any intelligence. Mm-hmm. And he loves playing Jun, so it just kind of had that you know double meaning that I right. just loved. Um, and congratulations, Connor, because that's pretty awesome. I mean, like. He said only like twenty one people showed up to the event. Yeah, way to way to steal it, Connor. Good job. Like that's awesome. <laughs> um, so okay, then we got red deck wins, um, which is kind of neat. It's uh, some ball lightnings. It's got the devastating summons uh, in there. Yep, just, stagger just shot. Three of them. Kiln yes. fiend. Yeah, a lot of people on on Chapin's article last week were talking about kiln fiend over Cargan Dragon Lord. Um, huh. And Chapin responded to it today and basically said, Kiln Fiend is for people who play against their goldfish, and Cargan Dragonlord is, is for people who play against people, for, who actually play against other players who have, you know, plays to make as well. And, you know, something about, uh, I actually, I want to find the quote because I thought it was kind of funny. Um, he says, um, Kiln Fiend over Cargan Dragonlord? Really? Kiln Fiend is for people who play test against goldfish. Dragon Lord is for people who actually play real games in the streets. <laughs> yes, he is not good at setting up a turn four kill, but he is a lot better at combating an opponent that fights back. Time will tell. Cargan Dragon Lord is as real as the streets. <laughs> so, it, was, it was a funny response because there was a lot of argument. It basically, it, you know, he presented a couple deck lists, like three different deck lists last week, and um, Polymorph, Red Deck Wins, and. Uh, and blue-white control, and basically, like, people arguing between Kiln Fiend and Cargan Dragonlord took over the forum, back and forth, with a whole lot of math. Kibler posted on there, math fight, and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, it was pretty awesome. But I kind of got tired of reading it because, um, yeah, I, I wanted to see more about Blue White Control, and Chapin didn't respond in the forum, so I you know kind of got tired of reading people argue. Um, and I, I, for the record, I I think. Dragon Lord is better for pretty much the same reason, although I wouldn't quite have put it put it uh, so eloquently as he's for the for the streets, right? As, <laughs> as good as the streets. So, uh, but yeah, this this list looks pretty good. I mean, it's got one Dragon Lord and four Kiln Fiend, and apparently that you know this this deck made the top eight, so it's obviously good uh, good enough to to make top eight at the five k. So, uh, just a, a lot of the. Obvious burn stuff. Uh, like I said, Ball Lightning, it's got, um, well, I'll just read the list. Two Ball Lightning, one Cardin Dragon Lord, three Devastating Summons, four Goblin Bushwhacker, four Stagger Shock, four Kiln Fiend, four Searing Blaze, four Plated Geopede, four Burst Lightning, four Goblin Guide, four Lightning Bolt, one Smoldering Spires, one Teetering Peaks, four Arid Mesa, four Scalding Tarn, and twelve Mountain. The sideboard is uh, three Fork Bolt, one Teetering Peaks, one Smoldering Spires, one Cardin Dragon Lord, Two flame slash, three mana barbs, and four unstable footing. Mana barbs is something that I think uh, is great in in this kind of thing, uh, this kind of list. I was uh, somebody mentioned that in the Star City forums as well, and I was like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, Gerard Fabiano was playing Esper. It's a really quirky looking list. There's like a lot of two ofs, one ofs, a couple three ofs. The only four ofs are Esper Charm and Baneslayer Angel. Uh, mm. Besides lands like four celestial colonnades. Yes. colonnades. Um, but yeah, he's got like two Mist Vein Border Posts, two Field Mist Border Posts, a Rise from the Grave. So this kind of is the, uh, you know, I'm going to be Math, able to, I'm, I'm going to... Solar Flare or whatever. Yeah, Solar Flare kind of thing. He's got one Gideon, one Iona, two Mind Rots, two Path, uh, one Everflowing Chalice, which I always, that, that kind of confuses me. Some of the tap-out lists are running one Chalice, and I'm kind of like... Really? Like, what's the point? Like, if you draw it early, like, that's awesome. But if you don't, like, later... It's fine late in the, ga late in the game, but, I mean, just having one is... Wouldn't... I don't know. Wouldn't you rather have, like, a spell that does something? I don't mind drawing chalices late either, but it's... I like playing four of them because I want to have them early. Right. Like, it just seems to me that the, the strength of the card is being able to Wrath or Jace or Ajani or Elspeth on turn three. You know, and and not having the consistency seems questionable to me. But you know, I'm no uh, Gerard Fabiano either. So I, you know, I'm not. I'm just saying I could absolutely be wrong. It just seems odd to me. Um, he's got three O rings in there, some Essence Scatter Negate, Day of Judgment, uh, one Jace Bellerin and two Jace the Mind Sculptor, uh, a Liliana Vess, a Mind Spring, a Martial Coup. So it's kind of uh, it's it's interesting in a strange like really scattered way. <laughs> you know, it's, he's kind of like, here's all these good spells, I can't fit them all in a 60-card deck unless I cut a bunch of them, so I'll do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who built it, but if it was him, that's, uh, I guess, it seems to be the the thought process. Um, another blue-white control list, this one looks like uh, kind of more of the, kind of more along the lines of the tap-out list. It's got four Baneslayers and two uh, Sphinx of Dwar Isles, as finishers and four Wall of Omens, three Jace, um, and, and Elspeth. There are some counter spells in here. There's uh, what two negates? Is that the only counter spell? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So just some negates. So yeah, that's more of, uh, along the lines of tap out. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's that's their top eight. Which we've got a, t- a tap out, an Esper, another tap out, uh, a Red Deck wins, two Juns, uh, and then, of course, Wiley Coyote himself. <laughs> um, actually, was it three Juns? Three Juns. Yeah, three Juns. Okay, so... It's got it's got a couple interesting ones in there, so that's kind of cool. Um, no mythic in that top eight. That's no interesting. Huh. So I I wanted to talk a little bit about mythic. Joe and I just played a couple games, and Joe's cursing it, even though it was like his his best friend a couple weeks ago. <laughs> right. Um, but I I wanted to say like it sounds to me like mythic was was on a tear this weekend. Like um, there's sovereign mythic, which which made the uh, the top eight of was it the um, Star City Star Games? Star City Games one, yeah. So Sovereign Mythic, um, Lauren Lee, who is mall drifting uh, online. She she runs the the mall drifting blog. Mall drifting dot blogspot dot com. Yeah. Um, she uh, she has been basically practicing. I mean, she, what a couple of weeks ago she was practicing the matchup with Z Malshewitz with uh, between Mythic and Jund. So. Um, and I she kind was of, playing Jund, right? right? And she was she was playing Jund, but I mean, I I can see I could almost I think I tweeted at her like saying I should have known you were playing Mythic because I said what did you play? And then I kind of started looking at her recent tweets and realized that she did say it earlier that she was playing Mythic with four negates in the sideboard, right? Just classic Mythic, um, and she ended up winning her PTQ. Congratulations! Yeah, congratulations, Lauren. Um, Matt Sperling, who um, who writes for uh, oh he writes for. Uh, for Channel Fireball. That's oh, cool. I, I'm pretty sure. Like, but uh, Matt Sperling also won a PTQ with uh, with I think the Sovereign uh, list. You know, uh, the uh, Sovereigns of Alara Eldrassi conscription list. Um, so, so we talked about Star City. We talked about the new Standard Open. We talked about TCG Player. Um, what else? We talked about some of the, the PTQ things. Like I said, Mythic just seems like it, it was kind of on a tear this weekend. It, it won the, the new Standard Open as well. Mm-hmm. But so what were you, we were just playing um, a couple games, and I was playing uh, my, my slightly modified version of like classic blue-white control, which is essentially, uh, it's just got like Sea Beyonds in it instead of Treasure Hunt, um, and it's got uh, two Gideon's main deck... No Bane Slayer's main. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 it's still running Iona, and, and it's got like some de- three copies of Deprive, which I really like. So it's kind of a mix between the old and new Chapin yeah, lists. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like t- taking the old Chapin list and and switching out a couple cards to add some Rise of the Eldrazi cards, and, and that's really it. His new list, you know, has the Deprives, and he has two Bane Slayers, two Gideons. I just cut the. The two Bane Slayers put in an Iona and maybe an extra counter. Oh, and I know what it was—an extra Day of Judgment. Because mm-hmm. I think he had um, two Day of Judgment and one Martial Coup, and and I might have actually. I, right now, I know I have three Day and and two Martial. Coup. I feel like three and two is the way to go in a control deck. Honestly, like I mean, that's what I was running in the um, in the Planeswalker deck. Mm-hmm. I feel like three and two is good. I mean, like because that that opens up a sideboard slot, and then you almost always don't mind having a wrath in your right. Hand. Exactly, it's it's really not not a bad thing to have around. So right. I feel like, um, especially in a deck where you're not where you don't have creatures. Like to me, it was like, what am I losing here? A wall of omens or two? Maybe. Exactly. So um, it wasn't you know such a such a hassle to 
you know, to, I, I don't feel like bad for having Day of Judgment because the drawback is so minimal. Um, extra Day of Judgment in my hand. That was what I did. I ended up, from Chapin's current list, I cut two Baneslayers and a Mindspring um, to add in the uh, one Iona, a Day of Judgment, and a Martial Coup. Because I think his, his current list only has... Uh, I think he had two mind springs and one coup, and I mm. switched that around. So it, something like that. So it's it's really similar to that, just because I feel. Uh, oh, oh, and I, also I'm not running Alst. I'm running an extra path to exile, in the list. Um, so we were just playing that, and and um, you know we each won a couple games. You had you you took the original mythic list and switched out the uh, three Rafiks, a Thornling, and a rampaging Bailoths for, what, four Avon Mimeomancers? Two Renegade Doppelgangers. Two Renegade Doppelgangers. And, and you had switched out of land, too. Yeah. That was right, because so you kind of lowered the curve anyway a little right. bit. Right. But, uh, yeah, talk a little bit about Avon Mimeomancer. I know you... Did you mention it earlier in, in the cast? I can't remember. I think I did. Yeah, I think I did. But it that was... You had, like, the explosive draw where it was, like, the turn one Hierarch, turn two Cobra, turn three... No, it was or, turn, or, or turn one like Hierarch... Turn two Mimeomancer, maybe? I don't know. I, I felt like the Mimeomancer came out. On it was, three. no, it was turn two Cobra Mimeomancer. Oh, oh, that's right. So turn It was turn two Cobra Fetch Mimeomancer. That's what it was. And then turn three, swing for six, turn, uh, well, turn four, I tried to resolve a, a, um, a Finest Hour, yeah. um, but then I still swung for six, and then the next turn... Um, he had, yeah, I was at... I was at six. You were at six. And you had three creatures, and I would have needed to take care of two of them. And the best I could have done was, you know, I was on like four mana. So the best I could have done was play Jason Founce, because I didn't have Day of Judgment. Right. So I still would have taken six, unless you were not paying attention and attacked Jace, which I, you know, gave you more credit, (laughs) you know, than to do something like that. So I had to just scoop it up. Right. um, Yeah, so it... I just wanted you to talk a little bit about how you feel about Mythic now because you seem to have, like, not not just slight, like, not just, uh, I kind of don't like it anymore, but you seem to actually be, uh, have a have heavy amount of distaste for it. I, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just like, I, I just always wind up with these, like, I, I shuffle it up and I draw seven and it's just, like, seven cards that, like, I kind of don't really care to see. Like, it's just, like, too much... Too many mana producers, not enough threats, or too many threats, not enough lands, or like, you know what I mean? Like, it just feel like there's such a, like, it, it's so all in, and then like, one wrath will just like, basically clean house, you know? And like, I would rather just be the guy with the wraths at this point. Like, I feel like I just want to be that guy. I just yeah. want to have the wrath, and I want to be able to uh, be, I just, I just feel like right now I want to be playing Control frankly. Like, I just feel like um, with Rise of the Eldrazi, I think that control is the strongest strategy. Um, I mean, it's just like they're, you know, I just want to be able to have answers for all the weird crap that's uh, coming out from the new set. Like, I mean, the the format's shaken up, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you might not expect that you're going to see. So I feel like having a control deck is going to be the way to deal with most of those things. Like, see, that, that's funny you say that because that's like the opposite of, of of the things I've read from, you know, 
pro players, uh, and I'm specifically thinking of Conley well, Woods I'm right now. I'm the opposite of a pro player. Right, right, right. Well, <laughs> I, I, what I want to say is, like, Conley Woods was saying how control decks tend to show up late in the format because then they know what they're supposed to be controlling. Because if you don't know what uh, what threats you're facing, you're... you're you have a deck full of answers to the wrong questions. Well, that's you why. I mean? Well, I feel like with this deck, the answers are in the sideboard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the first game, they're probably also not going to have answers for 12 planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they have to side in what they're doing. Meanwhile, you've seen what they're playing and you're able to board accordingly. Right. Um, and I feel like the board deals with most of the, the problems that you could that you could face. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just thought it was interesting that you said, said put it that way. Right, you know? right. No, and I mean... It doesn't mean I was... I ever was not playing Control even early. In right. The, well, I feel like it's a, it's a... I feel like the Planeswalker deck is a deck where you, you know, you're like, all right, deal with me, you know? And then, like, once they deal with... Like, like against Blue-White Control, um, which I haven't had a chance to play you, unfortunately, just because I had to borrow a lot of the cards when I sleeved it up Sunday, and I haven't had time to get my own cards in the deck. But when you play the deck against blue-white control, it's like, okay, you got to deal with all these planeswalkers, and they've got dead cards game one, and then by game two, you're able to side in the things that you need, including Luminarch Ascension in my build of it, which I think is just really devastating, because at that point, they need about 15 O-rings. <laughs> Right. You know, and, like, they don't have 15 O-rings. <laughs> so, you know, so... Well, yeah, and, and I guess that's what we're going to have to see what happens. Because, like, for me, I was... I have Pithing Needle, which I mentioned earlier. Like, I, I put I that just, in the side. But I can O-ring it. Right, yeah, and you can. And I'm just saying, like, here we have... We're going back answers for answers for answers. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's uh, it ends up being a O-ring fight. And I'm going to O-ring your O-ring that's got my O-ring covering your Pithing Needle... Which is for my Luminarch Ascension, like <laughs> yeah. When I was playing, when I was playing against Mono White Control, we each literally had a pile of on each side of our boards. We had a pile of O rings and stuff that was O ring, which was kind of hilarious because it was just like, all right, throw it in the pile, throw it in the pile. Like we just had so many O rings flying around. If that's what you're playing, and that's what I end up playing. Then, uh, which is, I definitely intend to, to play with that deck. I think I'm going to play it at the Grand Prix. Right. I mean, I want to see what happens in the next couple of weeks, but I'm going to play it until then. We've got two weeks to, else. you know, we've got two weeks to play around, and right now it seems to me like it's the deck I want to play. Right. Although I am really excited about this particular list coming up. About right? this, and, and I'm excited list. about it too. Should we do like marching band music, like and like? Here comes the Mike Flores mentioning the podcast. <laughs> like, dun 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 dun. It's time for our Mike Flores references. Mike Flores references. I'm just cutting all that out for you. No way. So we have a, an alternative red, white, blue list here that uh, that Mike Flores posted on his blog on I think it was a Friday night. He it, the name of the deck is Raka XXX AKA TBVOTBD, which I could not figure out what it meant until yesterday morning. Like I was sitting there thinking, do you know what it means? I have no idea. What does it mean? Take some guesses, or or at least take a look and think before I tell you. 
the best version of the best deck. Exactly, yeah. See, and, and for, for some reason, I was like, it's the something-something of the something-something. What the hell could it be? But yeah, anyway, the best version of the best deck, which is a uh, typically Floresian name, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. Love it. Um, so uh, this particular list runs one cancel, four Mother Loving Cup, Three Jace the Mind Sculptor, three Mind Spring, four Spreading Seas, three Ashani Vengeance, four Lightning Bolt, three Day of Judgment, one Elspeth, three Martial Coup, two Oblivion Ring, four Wall of Omens, and then a Mana Base, four uh, Colonnades, four Glacial Fortresses, three Arid Mesa, some Islands, some Mountains, some Plains, and some Scalding Tarns too. But uh, but wow, like I looked at this and I was just like, this is this looks cool. I wish it was playing Gideon's. And then the next day, they, the Planeswalker deck came up, and it was like, this is, this is, you know, a deck playing Gideon's, and it's, you know, red, white, blue control. Now, Mike's list obviously goes heavier on the red with the four lightning bolts, mm-hmm. um, and he plays the, uh, the the best blue card in standard, Spreading Seas, mm-hmm. which, uh, is it better than Jace the Mind Sculptor? I... I almost agree. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, after playing Spreading Seas uh, on Sunday, mm-hmm. man, I'm playing game one, and the guy plays his first land, and then I play a land, he plays his second land, which is Stirring Wildwood, I play a Spreading Seas on it, and he doesn't play another land the whole game, like... <laughs> well, it sounds like he was mana-screwed a bit anyway, well, so even with the Stirring well, then, Wildwood... Well, then when he had nine lands out... He was playing black, white, uh, green. Right. I spreading. I held my spreading season, hit his only swamp. Oh wow! Yeah. And he was, and, I, and then I was like, "Play all my planeswalkers. <laughs> Are you gonna Maelstrom Pulse? Oh, that's right. You don't have the mana for Maelstrom Pulse. <laughs> that sucks, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. That guy was a jerk, anyway. So I'm really <laughs> happy to steamroll his ass in round one. But uh, anyway, um... so yeah, the, the 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 cool thing about Mike's list is that it's uh, you know, it is running Jace and Ajani and Elspeth. I mean, it's Planeswalkers are like the coolest cats around, you know. Yeah. So uh, you definitely there's some real them. hep cats. Hep cats. Yeah. In the sideboard, he has one Ulamog the Infinite. Gyre. Every time I pronounce it, it's just like I have to emphasize it now. <laughs> it's um, like give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, like, I know how to pronounce I that. Pause for a second. Gyre. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and he's also got two scepter of dominance, which um, I, I don't know if we talked much about it on the podcast, but I definitely was, you know, heralding the scepter uh, back on Twitter, saying like I think scepter would be a really good answer to Eldrazi. It, it answers all of them. I mean, it's. Uh, keeps them from attacking, which is pretty much their biggest, you know, effect is that annihilator trigger, and of course their giant bodies. Um, you know, they get those effects, but I mean, paying eleven mana for a vindicate doesn't seem so great, or paying paying ten mana to draw four cards is not so great either. Especially, I mean, if you've got a scepter on board, like you're welcome to go ahead and pay eleven mana to draw four cards. You know, I, hopefully none of those are are naturalized, but but you know what I mean. If they're play, if they of draw course. four cards and they draw into a naturalized, they're doing it wrong. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> and hopefully you don't have the scepter down, so when Ulamog gets cast, the scepter gets destroyed. But 
But, you know, it's obviously, it seems like a strong card. I mean, and and Mike, you know, his his strategy here, I mean, it's not just for Eldrazi. I don't even think he mentions it about being good against the Eldrazi, but he's, uh, you know, he's got Ashani, Scepter, and Spreading Seas. I mean, good luck casting spells with your lands tapped. <laughs> you know, like, Ajani's keeping one land tapped, the Scepter's tapping another land every turn, Spreading Caesar's got your other land. Like, you're down three mana every turn, and God forbid, like, that's cutting you out of a color. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Now, I mean, I don't know how often that happens, but he does, you know, because the Scepters are in the sideboard, and there's only two of them, but, I mean, it seems good. Um, this deck is, is pretty exciting, and, and I think if I hadn't seen... The Planeswalker deck, I would be sleeving this up. You know? Right. Like, it, and Joe, you, you said this a couple of minutes ago, like about between the two decks on Sunday morning. Yeah, I was, I was, um, I got over Tim's house and I was ready to start sleeving up my version of like, like Bant that I've been wanting to try. So I'm looking at this deck, I'm like, this deck's pretty damn awesome. And then like, I saw the, that the other deck won the 5k. And I was like, oh man, I'm definitely playing one of these decks today. And then I looked at the 5k list, and it had Gideon. Yeah, and it's like... And I was like, well, I really want to play Gideon. Shiny new Planeswalkers. I yeah. Play with those. I, and I know, and you know, the topper was I just got my two in the mail that morning. Right. So I was like, oh, I want to put them in this deck and play them. I just got them. So like... It was kind of like a Christmas morning thing. I had to play with my new toys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say that I don't think this deck is great, because um, I really do. And that's the one thing. Like, it has the one cancel in the main, and, like, the one thing I... That's the only counterspell in the whole deck, right? In the main. In the main. And three more right. cancels in the board. Right. Um, I really wish... That's the one, like, criticism I have of the Planeswalker deck, because I really wish it had a couple main deck counterspells, because mm-hmm. I really wanted... There were a couple things where I was, like, game one, like, man, I need to answer that. You know what I mean? Like, man, I wish I had an answer for that right, right now, and, and just... Which it didn't even resolve, you know? Right, and that's my big thing, too, because really, like, my my uh, blog is Affinity for Islands, and my Twitter name is Affinity for Blue, but the truth of the matter is Affinity for Counterspells should be <laughs> should be more, is, is more accurate. I really just like Counterspells, and so it's just, uh, I, that was my, my only thing about both of these decks. You know, there's one cancel in this one, and, and no counters in the main, in uh, the Planeswalker deck, so... right. But yeah, Mike, I would love to see some sort of comparison between the two decks, or what, or at least what you think of the Planeswalker deck um, as compared to your list. Um, not to say that they're similar, but I mean they they do have similar components with with the Planeswalkers uh, and, and you know being a control deck. Um, but yeah, I would like to see that. Uh, and I I also really wanted to mention um, he he had an awesome comparison between Countersquall and Negate. I love this. I love it. I'm just going to read it because it's fantastic. Read it. When someone was in his mid-twenties, he dated mostly women in their thirties. This person dated a fair range from not quite twenty to late thirties. Countersquall is a stunning thirty-something, the fine wine of permission. Initially, you will look at Countersquall and see a negate with some disincentive. The black mana nags at you for a moment until you realize that, given your resources, there's basically no difference between black-blue and blue-one. So once you get past that black, you see that Countersquall is actually just the, the negate that knows what she is doing, knows what she wants, and gets there aggressively. 
negate on balance is only a, only a sometimes countersquall, and when she is a countersquall, a less effective one. Negate isn't sure who she is, and in fact sometimes, and is in fact sometimes essence scatter, almost the opposite of what you want, and sometimes a flash freeze, which is a whole other story. In sum, negate can give you the benefits of countersquall, but not really help you get there. You still have to do about one absolute mana more work without getting one mana more value. And a fair amount of the time, negate isn't even negate. Negate can drive you crazy. Countersquall gives you basically exactly what you want and does so expediently. End aside. But I just love the comparison to women. <laughs> it's so fantastic. Basically, uh, you know, Countersquall, I love the line, Countersquall is actually just the negate that knows what she is doing, knows what she wants, and gets there aggressively. So, <laughs> man, I just want to put Countersquall on my blue-white deck. I don't even care about having to be able to cast this. You've convinced me already. <laughs> Mike, that was awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Check out uh, fivewithflores.com and read the post "Why Ulamog the Infinite Gyre" to uh, to see the list. So, um, so yeah, it was a wild weekend. I think, and and just to mention, uh, and Dave kind of mentioned it a little bit. We have a lot of things coming up, even before the Grand Prix. And, and you were saying this earlier too. Um, Chapin mentioned. You know, this is still a fresh format. This isn't like a defined format just because of all these results this weekend. We, we've still got a couple weeks to see the kind of things that that people do um, and the way people adjust to the results of this particular, uh, this weekend. So um, keep on trying your new decks and, you know, you really don't know what kind of crazy things are going to come out. I mean, PTQ season just started, so we're going to be able to start seeing results from PTQs uh, left and right, so. And then May 15th is National Qualifiers also, so we'll see the results from those. So, yeah, uh, don't think that the format is solved just because we've had, you know, a few tournaments this weekend. Keep an eye out for some interesting interesting lists coming up, so. Um, one thing we did want to mention. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me, let me say it. Let me okay, go ahead. This. Okay, so we were offered... A sponsorship deal from Third Coast Cards, right? What ultimately happened is we decided instead to do our um, to, to have our own store hosted on our site rather than um, you know be sponsored by another store, mm -hmm. just because we felt like that way the only people we really had to answer to were ourselves. Um, it just seemed like the best. The best option, like right. the safest option for integrity's sake. But anyway, Joe emailed Third Coast to um, to let them know that we were going to decline their offer, and like, and, and and explained why, just to keep, just to let him know what was going on, just to be upfront, full disclosure, kind of thing. Um, and what happened was um, Scott from Third Coast Cards wrote back. And um, and you you want to read it, or well, do you I, think you would want us to read it, or I don't I don't think we need to read it, but really my main thing and the reason we talked to Third Coast in the first place is because they're like my go-to place, and and you know at, at the moment they they are the card store that I've been really like buying all my singles from up until now, and they ship from Texas, 
and somehow gets to Maryland like before I place the order. I don't know how he does that. Like, <laughs> but I mean, it's amazing. They have you know great customer service, great prices, and really fast shipping, which are pretty much the the best three things you could ask for. The only three things you really want out of a store is for them to have a good stock of cards. Good. What were you say? Number four, a pretty generous buy list. Oh, oh, um, oh that's good too. Yeah, uh, I, I, I will say that. Um, now. You know, we the store that the store that I'm 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 running. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a fairly small stock. Like I've said, it's a fairly modest operation. Um, we we don't have like a million copies of everything. So, but you know, and, and obviously, you know, if if I had to if I had to say, you know, should you shop with our store or should you shop with Third Coast Cards? Of course, I'm going to say shop with our store. Right. But here's the thing. Third Coast Cards has a huge stock. Okay, so shop with us if we got what you need. If you don't find what you need with us, get what you need from us and get the stuff that we don't have at Third Coast Cards because they're <laughs> really freaking good, okay? This guy has been awesome. He told me that he would help me out if I had any questions about running a store. He's just been very generous and and very cool and very cooperative with us. Right, Like and, and this is even before we even... Uh... You know, he's been awesome for months, you know, dealing with us, dealing with just me ordering cards and things. Like, I I ordered some cards, and he sent me an email saying, hey, you know, something, you know, one of the cards, I think they had them, but he realized they were a little bit messed up or something. So, would I rather just have the messed up ones or just wait until he he could get some more within, like, a week or something? You know, it's like, that's the kind of thing you want somebody to do. Like, hey, you know, we don't want to just send you a card that has a, a nick in the side of it because that's not what you paid for, you know? So it's your, it's up to you. It's your call, that kind of thing. And, and that, that's, that's the kind of seller that you want to be dealing with. Somebody who is going to look out for the customers. And, and again, the, the fast shipping is a big deal to me. I'm impatient as hell. Like I really am. But anyway, my, my point is third coast cards has always been very consistently fast and just awesome in general. And now, when, you know, when we tell him we're not going to, that, that we're kind of doing our own thing, he offers to help us, who technically we're a competitor. I mean, mm-hmm. really. And it's like just to offer help to a competitor, like that is fantastic. I mean, I know we're just getting off the ground and we're not particularly threatening as a competitor, but just for him to have replied and said, you know, let me know if you need any help, that's awesome. So, yeah, it's really cool. And, and we're not getting anything for this for this this is a totally free plug oh right right. Um, you know i mean seriously i mean it it was it was one of the coolest things one of the most gracious things that i've i've ever uh had uh had somebody do like joe was like joe was like this is awesome and i and i replied we need to mention this on the next podcast because it was just like wow are you kidding me like yeah i I wasn't expecting that at all like I was expecting, like you know, hey, good luck. Yeah, but I wasn't expecting, hey, good luck. I'm willing to help you out if you have any questions. Yeah, exactly. Like I was expecting, like you know, I was expecting, you know, a polite response, but not such a generous response. Exactly. So, so Scott, thanks so much for that, and I will be getting in touch with you about a couple questions I have. Right. <laughs> and, and and just you know, it's thirdcoastcards.com. Yeah, is the is the site. 
So, um, and I know they're, they're actually working on a new site, which I'm, I'm guessing is going to be up soon. And I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of Third Coast because I think they, they've been doing uh, quite a bit of expanding recently. So, anyway, definitely wanted to mention that. So, um, but other than that, anything else we wanted to talk about? No, I think we're good to go. All right. So, uh, as always, you can contact us at yomtgtaps at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail, which we haven't gotten in a while, but I think also because we haven't mentioned we have a voicemail line. So I think we have. I don't remember. We have a voicemail line. You should call us and leave us a message. It's 331-MTG-TAPS. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at yomtgtaps. You can follow me on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Visit our website, iwantmymtg.com. We've got all the past episodes on there, and we're also blogging from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, got some interesting things happening on there so, so keep up with it it's uh you know it's a work in progress as always but i think um i'm excited about what we've got up there so far yeah i think so too i think it's been cool i'm definitely having fun doing blog posts on occasion and using my avatar so as always thanks to all the people who make uh make our podcast available o2drop.com the starkington post.com mtgcast.com top8magic.com uh, thanks to all you guys for, for helping us get our uh, our podcast out there. Of course, we're going to be at Grand Prix DC, which uh, I believe there's a party there somewhere. At the Wingate! Party's at the Wingate. Obligatory uh, statement. Right. The party's at the Wingate! Joe is really in a singing mood today. <laughs> if, I have, if you haven't heard it all episode, it's because I cut it out. But... <laughs> I really hope you leave the marching band song in there. (laughs) We'll see. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Bye.